People always say sneezing is one-eighth of an orgasm. You heard about this? You, you seen this? You heard about this? What is that, fucking Jerry Seinfeld? What's the deal with orgasms? <laughs> <laughs> That's why whenever I'm fucking a chick, I keep a bit of pepper by my bedside table. And as I'm coming, I chuck it in her face. Because <laughs> she deserves something. <laughs> Well, listen up, scoop close to your host with the most Chris Smith as he boasts, toast as we roast any little problem and we'll fix it in post. Playing devil's advocate as he hits you with jokes. Who can it be sitting next to me? Adney, your baby's dad, knee spitting comedy, magically scoring all your comic book wannabes. You're gonna be hit with a hook or turn your face into a tragedy. Stevie with the chemistry, chopping recipes and melodies, recipe especially using dark humor as his weaponry. Mentally haunting all your dirty thoughts like an entity, no empathy, just credibility. Discussing history, legacy, ethnicity, destiny, felonies, industry, jealousy, memories, pregnancies, tendencies, therapy, heavily alcoholic cast has a comedy show now, and we're gonna talk about some comedy things. And comedy is gonna have a new guys comedy. We're gonna this is just straight. We're gonna just we're gonna comedy, you guys. What's up, Alkies? How the fuck are you? This is the alcoholic cast. We are your hosts. I'm Chris Smith. To my right, I got I'm Adney. And to the left, I got Stevie August Borghese. We had a great fucking time over these past couple weeks. We had We're a bank show. We're just checking in on you, yeah. Alkies. We're just We're checking, just in, checking on you. in on you. <laughs> and that's... Foreshadowing. Oh, there's gonna be just. We're gonna tell you right now. We're gonna plagiarize a lot today in this episode. Uh-huh. We're gonna we're gonna do a lot of jokes. Stevie's from a gonna lot. plagiarize. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna play homage. Oh, agreed. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. That's how, we, that's how we say stealing in the business. <laughs> Most of this is gonna be comedy based. We've been planning this episode for I think the whole time we've uh, yeah, we've started doing the show. We've been we've we've even foreshadowed in a couple episodes. By comedy based, he means we're actually gonna be funny this episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe they are uh, for the first time. Uh, but, ah! <laughs> <laughs> the fuck was acting? You're just so funny. But um, yeah, we're this is uh, something we've been wanting to do for a while, and we're really gonna get into Vin it. Diesel shirt on. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> he does. He's all he, he he cut off a fucking white tee. He looks like a fucking tool. But I mean, that's his that's his I'm mo. Dr- I'm whenever he's Joel got Rosa his tattoo. Right <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. new tattoo. I had to cut off the sleeves. Yeah, this he thinks cool. he's cool. He thinks he's buff. He's sitting there like flexing like Adam does in the mirror. Shit, like, yeah, right. Himself. You can't flex through this fat, dude. <laughs> so anyways, let's do a couple shout-outs. Get the shout-outs out of the way. And then we have to recap the fights because it's been a couple weeks since we've been coming to you live because we got to finally air our bank episode. So we got to Hope go on a due date. Hope you enjoyed it, by the way. I've heard a couple people say it was fucking hilarious. They loved it. They said it was... I, we knew uh, I mean we knew it was gonna be funny. But um we were no, dropping hints only, three weeks before. Only the, only only the David Poe part was good. This is the only <laughs> good part of that episode. The rest was trash. I hope you turned it off after the movie talk. <laughs> yeah, <it's> still <laughs> fucking funny, dude. Hey, uh, Stevie, when are we gonna get that uh, bonus cast about you know like uh, my whole like dating this week, situation? bro? I can go this tomorrow. Week, bro? I can upload this it tomorrow, week, bro. bro. Uh, well, if you upload it tomorrow, tomorrow bro, when this no, comes bro. out, they're going to be like, Do you tell oh. anybody about this? I'll, f- I'll deny it, bro. <laughs> I'll deny it, bro. I'll fuck straight George, bro, right now. Foreshadows. Okay, so what's I'm going to give a shout out chip, to... C-H-I-P-S, chip, chip, chip. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, let, bro. Wait, wait, wait till we're there. You look fucked up, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Wait till we're there, man. I'm so, I'm being a douche right now, my bad. I got Foreshadow a shout out. is a sous not a fucking blast. Don't make up words, Adney, on the podcast. <laughs> What, you, you can? We're not allowed? Huh? Fucking foreshadow the souffle, bro. <laughs> you know, you gotta fucking... Not shut up! Said. Let me do my shout out. Steve, uh, doesn't, Steve doesn't know what things are. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> uh, I gotta give a shout out to my... To Shower's co-worker's mom. And her name is Alyssa Kelly. 
So we got a mom. Ooh, we got a mom hot. that's listening in, and she said she loves it. I get a lot. I hear a lot from Shower and her coworker, and they're constantly telling me about how Alyssa is about the podcast, asking my questions about the podcast, being like, "Oh, you thought that was funny? You thought that was funny?" So I got to give a shout out to Alyssa Kelly, an older lady that's listening to the podcast. If you want us to talk about anything specific. Let us know. Yeah, just we will tackle us. the fucking Give us shit some out of that old subject. people problems that we just old do not know. Oh, 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 yeah, that's she's, the thing. She's receiving social security and she wants to know about that. How do you guys feel about mild socialism? No, I'm talking more like how her body you going old, out. You said old person. Old problems. Yeah, like her body failing. No, no, how old no, is she? no. She, I don't know. Is she 98? No, no, she's probably like sixty, or maybe four. I don't know. Oh, she's I have a delicate, no idea. mature flower, bro. Don't fucking <laughs> even try. No, baby girl, you can get it from the, you can get it from the whole cast. Oh, you can get Alyssa it. Alyssa Kelly, that sounds like a fucking comic book character. It does. Name. It's awesome. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Adney's already in love with you. <laughs> hey, we love you. If you ever want to get drinks with us, we can get the whole cast together. You can come out for a drink. Tell us about fucking you know, you know. World War One, <laughs> World War Two. I guarantee she's, she's, if she listens and she is a little bit older, that is the coolest, or I know, well, she obviously listens, or else we wouldn't be doing this. I said that too, like my friend Maria is like, she's like in her 40s and she's been listening for a long time. I think that's amazing because we're just a bunch of dumb fucking kids. <laughs> that's awesome. I love you. Please make love to us if you can. If that, you know, because you can't With get pregnant. With your ear pussy. You can't get pregnant? You can't get stuff. No, fuck, are you kidding me, dude? Dude, that's not true. Antonio Cremani got a vasectomy, had kids. Like six weeks after, and no, not just one kid. She, two. That's because he's no. like Wolverine and healed. He has acne spurs. No, she's, she's, <laughs> she's obviously gone through menopause, bro. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying anything about like her vagina. Yeah, that's nature, man. <laughs> Whatever, man. Just you know, let nature's it go. more powerful than science. <laughs> Clearly, she listens. She knows we're a joking type of podcast. So none of these jokes are real. No, nope. not serious. This nope. podcast allegedly, is even real. Allegedly, we're except all for the, Matthew, no, sh- This is all Matthew McConaughey's. Except for the, <laughs> except for the, you can get it because you can. Oh, uh, you can oh, get it. You can get it. But re has to be. I mean, shower has to be there as well. <laughs> yeah, you can get it in the shower. So, we can get it. Yeah. <laughs> gang bang. Uh-oh. CGB coming finally. That's not ah, a gang bang. That's not a thing. <laughs> that is a thing. That's still not a thing. Still not a thing. It's still not a gang bang. Still not a thing. It has to be like one girl and at least three There's guys. There's three of us. One girl, three, three of guys. us. The three guys. One, oh, two, want, three. No, I thought you were talking about Alyssa Kelly. You and Shower and well, her. Well, me and Shower. That's a threesome. But you guys just oh, can't bang. Shower. shower and I. Shower. Is okay. what you meant. What dick. Even that sounds hey, weird. Fuck shower. you. <laughs> That's wrong as well. <laughs> that sounds like somebody who's an idiot, but they want to sound Shower and I. I got out and I dry myself. It's fucking stupid. Um, actually, I don't have a shout out because, yeah, because you're a piece of no, shit. No, because none of our listeners are giving us any new ratings or new reviews. <laughs> oh, that, Look, that is why. If you want a shout out, oh, man. give us a rating and a review on the iTunes thing. That's how you do it. And you'll get all the shout outs. You'll get stroked. Like Adney has stated before in past episodes that we will literally, or he will literally read anything you write on the fucking review. You write anything you want to write. Adney will read it verbatim from your fucking review. I'll pretend review. I'm you, kind of, <laughs> and read it. But so, my own interpretation. So please, if you want Adney to start giving shout-outs again, we're going to need you to, uh, to rate and review the podcast. I got one. Uh, Mira, our new... She just, Myra. Myra, Mira. Myra. Mira? Whatever. It's an A and a Y. <laughs> How the fuck did you get ear? <laughs> God. 
Oh, come on. There's... Oh, I read lots of books. Oh, yes, I need my kids fucking weird names, huh? There's nothing <laughs> weird about nothing that. There's nothing weird about it. Name two people that has, three people that have that name. Myra? Yeah. I'm I know at least two. I'm going to name their last names. <laughs> Just name your kid Mariah, you fucking asshole, okay? <laughs> oh, no. so now you're bashing her name. Why would she even want to listen anymore? I'm going to edit all this out. <laughs> um... Myra, shout out to you for listening. Thank you very much. She did post that she uh, downloaded the first two episodes, even though we told her not to. Cause they always we always tell them not to. Well, we should stop telling them not to. Because no, because every they do time it, we they do, do it, and they're like, you shouldn't have just skip those ones. After they already started listening, like skip, skip those. What scares go me? Go to number four. They're all no. Well, what scares me? I, like it's great. Like go people, to entering escorts. People, that's where we start. If Ooh. people listen all, the, yeah, that we're not even the alcoholic cast. I think till the fourth episode. <laughs> the other ones. Yeah, are we probably, were the biggest little podcast. Yeah. For the two episodes. <laughs> Who chose that stupid name? That was me. My no, fault. that was me. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, now effort. we're fighting over credit. <laughs> So, See, those first two episodes are breaking this podcast apart. <laughs> but what I have, the thing that makes me upset is if people listen to the first couple episodes and they're like, this sucks. <laughs> then they listen to we later to episodes and they're of like, iTunes. this doesn't suck as much. We should remove but off iTunes. We could remove them. If you we want. could remove them. We could like have we them could start remove at four. Like I can only go so f- so far back in Carlin's hardcore history. It only lets me go to like 43. Well, we would so. have to just remove the first guy to eat the asshole. But there's, they're funny. I don't know. I don't really want to remove Whatever. I just, want, I just want people to respect our wishes. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not going to remove the episodes, but I just wish that people wouldn't stop listening at the beginning thinking like, oh, because it does get better with time. Obviously, we found our niche. We yeah, and after 35 episodes on maybe next episode, 36, or for sure 37, for, for, we'll for, finally for, get for good sure at this. 38, yeah. we're going to have... Better mics, we're gonna have oh. better equipment, we're fucking upgrading, so way. it's gonna be even better. We're gonna no, sound thanks. like no, Joe motherfucking Rogan up here. Yeah, so by the way, we uh, we actually put a bunch of stuff into an Amazon account, and we're gonna be purchasing all new equipment, all new mics. That it's gonna you're gonna get a way better sound, and you're not gonna hear any echoes at all. I mean, it, the podcast is leveling up. We got a fucking mushroom. Dude, we just Mario. keep leveling up. We're, we're super saying fucking level five right now. Level it up. Actually, we're only level uh, two. No such thing. So what is it? How, you you can break it down. How so. is it? So it's Super Saiyan and Super Saiyan one or Super Saiyan no, two? No, Super like, Saiyan, and then there's. Beyond Super Saiyan, <laughs> and then there's Super Saiyan three, oh, and then okay. that's when Dragon Ball Z ended, and then Dragon Ball GT started, and it was all Super Saiyan four. But then they kind of like they kind of wrote that all off. They're like, no, that counts. GT does not count. Yeah. Super Saiyan four does not count. Instead, we have Super Saiyan God or whatever. Oh, some so bullshit. Lame. It's really stupid. It's really so stupid. Lame. So that was a good shout out. I like Super Myra. It's her birthday this weekend. Oh, I love shit. Myra. Seriously? Yeah, Labor Day weekend is her See, birthday. See, I knew that. That's why I gave her a shout out. <laughs> Hands down. There you go. So when you get this, it was her birthday like two days ago or whatever. So yeah, great shout outs. But because we had the bank episode and because of UFC 202 happening, we got to do a little bit of a fight recap. Fight! You got to fight fucking talk. Hey, Eddie, did you fight fucking talk this weekend? Hey, Chris, fight fuck your talk. Talk, 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 talk. Hey, guys, fight fuck talk, right? Guys, fight fuck talk. Hey, hey, you got to fight fucking talk. Talk, 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 fight talk. No, I didn't do any of those things. <laughs> uh, I tried some of them, but whatever, no big deal. So by now, it's been about two or three weeks that 202 Conor McGregor versus Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz has aired, so I'm sure the results are out, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, because you already know what happened. I'll just give a quick rundown of what so I now we're going to move on to movie talk. <laughs> um, it was a great car. I just want to say that first off. I think it was better than UFC 200. I think the Way pay-per-view better. gates even did better, but the attendance at UFC 200 was better, and because it was like a celebratory event and whatnot, it had like more hype around it, but the actual card of 202 was better. You had, uh, it was better, to bottom, for, it was such a better 
it was better for like um, not only fight fans but like your casual value. fan. Yeah, there was a lot more entertainment. Like I enjoyed 200 because it was really technical, so I enjoyed it. But I understand how a casual fan hated it. But if you watch this one, you definitely got what you paid for. I think the McGregor Diaz fight's probably fight of the year. But first, I want to break down, not even break down, just talk about, not even talk, just mention that Cowboy Cerrone combo is re-fucking-diculous. Like, I think it's probably one of the best combos in MMA that's even been, like, slowed down or even that's been, like, Yeah, it's a combo, with. yeah, it's, it's a combo beautiful. that Manny Pacquiao used in almost all of his fights. Oh, yeah, except, he throws a, he throws except a high kick. the kick. Except <laughs> just, you didn't let me finish. Okay. It's the same. It's the, it's the lead jab to the head and then across to the body and then a lead hand hook back to the head. If you just watch the fight, you don't really get to see it like in depth. It just like lands the combination, goes, falls into the cage, and he starts fucking him up. But unless it's slowing down, like if you rewatch it slowing down, it is fucking beautiful. Yeah. It's, but knowing that it's that quick, like that guy, so is, he was very smart with it. That's second nature. That's that's right there. That he's just doing a dance, like yeah. automatically. Like he didn't even think about it. Hit him what four times? Yeah. Dude, and it was it was fucking beautiful. It was beautiful. And if you slow it down, you have a more appreciation for it. Because if you just watch it and you're a casual fan, you're like, nice, you fucking hit him a couple times, kicked him, whatever. But dude, the sudden I was like, holy shit, yeah, that guy amazing. landed some shit. Cowboy's the shit, ass. and he looks great at 170 right now. He was fighting at 155. I believe he was cutting too much weight because he climbed through the ranks, got all the way to the champion, and the champion caught him with a roundhouse kick to the body and dropped him. Dropped him. And I believe it was because he was just dehydrating himself, putting his body through a lot of stress and strain so that that <laughs> oh, kick dude, just like Whoa. once again parallels to Manny Pacquiao <laughs> <laughs> Manny Pacquiao his first title was at flyweight and like they might as well be the but same he fucking had, person he had to fucking dehydrate so fucking bad and he got knocked out early in his career by a body shot and then yeah. after he won the title he lost it through a fucking body, body shot, shot. Right. then he came up and then he was like indestructible through so many fucking weight wait, classes wait. Yeah. Pacquiao cowboy it's the same guy. <laughs> it's the same fucking guy. What are you doing he here? This guy's a lot taller, a lot wider. <laughs> but yeah, McGregor Diaz, great fucking fight. First round was McGregor all day. The second round is the round that's being highly disputed because McGregor came out and put Diaz down again within the first two minutes. But after that first two minutes or so, Diaz started putting him on in the second round. So that second round is the round that everyone's debating on. Third round, Nate all day. Fourth round, Connor. Fifth round, Nate. So it's 3-2, Connor. I thought Nate was going to win. Connor did exactly what I said he needed to do. He went in there the first two rounds, and he kicked Nate's legs. He kicked his legs over and over again, and he boxed him up. He did. Like That Nate- first round was actually a brilliant tactical performance by Connor. He, like you said, he, knew he had the game plan to a fucking T, and he just did it perfectly in the first round. Other rounds, not so much. Not but so still, much, uh. <laughs> he established the tempo <laughs> yeah. early. He, he, he got it going. Money. Yeah, he, he, he looked great in that first round. And he looked great in the fourth round. <laughs> Him coming back because what happened in the third round was what happened in that first fight. Connor came out with great stamina. He's hitting Nate a lot. And then he fucking gassed. And that's what we were seeing again. And at the end of that third round, everyone was writing Connor off because he was getting fucked up by Nate for the whole like final two minutes of the fucking round. He was against the cage getting fucking rung. And Connor dug deep and he came out in that fucking fourth that's round. Yeah, and, Connor, and he came and back it, it made, like, like It really uh, exposed Connor for the fact that he does not know how to cover up. Mm. 
when he has his back up against the cage and the shots are coming, he does not know how. It looked like he was trying to roll with the shots, but he doesn't know how to time it exactly. and do it well. So he was getting caught with a lot from Diaz, even though Diaz wasn't even putting that much. You could tell he wasn't putting everything yeah, he had on the shots, all, yeah. but he was just getting them off. And a lot of them were landing because Conor just does not know how to cover up, and that's really going to cause a problem in his future. Yeah. I don't think it's a debatable decision. I, I honestly think Conor won it 3-2. to two. I said that as the I fight was going on. I love that when I, when I got off work and I went to you guys, you guys just watched fight. You were like, dude, it was incredible. Fight of the year, hands down. But everybody afterwards, oh, Rob, you fucking, this is all bullshit. You know, it's like, I can understand what Bill Burr means when he says, um, yeah, you got to make money. Like, it, But with UFC, they're fucking each other up hardcore, man. Like, look at look at Diaz's face afterwards. Yeah. It's like, I don't think that shit was fucking yeah, there was some rigged. Like, I don't think it was rigged. Every, every fucking time there's a fight that goes the distance, no matter what fucking combat sport it is. Whoever, like, who, if so, there's always a group of people who their favorite person lost yeah. and they yell robbery. There are people who are yelling robbery after Mayweather Pacquiao, even though that was a fucking rout. Yeah, like, that was it's ridiculous. ridiculous. And then, of course, you have the other people that Stevie you were alluding to that always say that it's fixed. It's fixed. Yeah, it's fixed. <laughs> they always say it's fixed, even though there's a lot more money in not fixing fights. <laughs> like, especially in the fucking internet age where all information is just yeah. so flooding in. Like, we're gonna find out about it. Yeah. And like Joe Rogan, say David and Goliath is fixed. I don't think it was fixed. Bro. <laughs> not fixed, bro. Oh, Sorry, little guy, fucked and, you up, bro. And Joe Rogan, like, kept emphasizing, like, no, there's more money for everyone involved in the sport if there's a huge star. Like, and, like, fixing fights just ruins that. Like, because it, it taints the entire UFC. It would taint everything. It would, they would lose viewers. When Vince McMahon was going to buy UFC and he's turned it down, it's because you can't, you can't make stars. You, you can't, can't predict, predict the fights. outcome. If you can't predict the outcome, if you can't make stars, then what's the, you're not making money off of those people. You have to build up the star base. So with UFC, like you said, it's a, it's a musical chair type of thing. Like in the female division specifically yeah, right now, it's like, right. whoa, who, like, where is this going to go? Mm-hmm. Who has the belt? It's all these rock, paper, scissor fights to where one person beats somebody big and then they get beat by somebody yeah. else. It's, it's conflicting um, styles. So for Vince, I think that policy worked in 1990 or 1995 because we didn't have the internet that we have today. We didn't have how everything just fucking gets out there so fucking fast. So for Vince, I can see how that was his plan, but I honestly do not think that it's going to hurt the UFC. I think after that fight, if anything, it brought more people to the UFC. Yeah. Wrestling think- is that place where you go when you know it's fixed. Like everyone knows it's just... It's candy. It's it's entertainment. It's sugar and it's sweet without the sus- without the substance in it. When you want the substance, that's when you go to MMA and boxing. When you know that you have no idea how this is going to end. Yeah. You know, it's very different. Like kids can have fun watching professional wrestling, but it's going to be a little hard for them to get into these sports because they are serious. Yeah. And the moment that it, one fight is fixed, it's going to be found out no matter what. Especially. And then now. the whole sport is just. Oh, it's go- oh, oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be fucked. After that, it'll be completely fucked. So I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, so that's that. Um, Especially like th- convincing the fighter to throw the fight. I know, it's like, that'd be that gnarly, fighter dude. is going to make a lot more money if they don't throw the fight. Like it's, it's like, so much better for them to not throw the fight. I can't even think about like if I was a fighter and somebody came up to me like you're going to throw the fight. Like oh, so you want me to take brain damage intentionally and then go down from a fucking knockout? Like there's no fucking way I'm going to put my life at that yeah. type of jeopardy. Like it's one thing to go in there and know. The same basketball or baseball where shaving points is just like, oh, I'm having an off day. No, in these sports, you could fucking die. (laughs) 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 Letting the other person win means 
you purposely getting brain damage. Oh yeah, Seriously. when you had a fucking a fucking slider thrown right at your face at ninety miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. UFC two hundred two happened August twenty first. There is going to be a fight card every weekend for the next eight weeks from the UFC. Every Saturday that's going to start at 7. So if you don't got anything to do, Saturday night, pop on Fox or Fox Sports 1 and you'll probably get a UFC card. And there's plenty of good cards. Just this last week, we had Rumble Johnson versus Glover Texera. And Rumble came. 13 seconds. (laughs) Just a blit, like, under, under, uh. It was uppercut an uppercut from, from like, so fucking from far Paris outside. to fucking <laughs> Louisiana. No, like, like, it was like, so far. No, like I said, like I, like right after the fight, I told it was I was quoting an old Richard Pryor bit about he's like uppercut. He threw an uppercut. That's a foreshadow. Right 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 for me, it. dude. Me too. Oh goddamn it! I, I came know. all the way down from Mississippi, <laughs> <laughs> swept up through Louisiana. <laughs> And it caught speed in Texas. <laughs> and, got, and, and like, but that's what the, uh, um, Johnson's uppercut was. It was so far on the outside, and it Texera just ran right, right fucking into it. it. It's like he was trying to go for the ticket, just ran right into that uppercut. Oh man, it annihilated. He, he got so he rocked canvas. that it was like a solid two minutes after him being rocked. He's still trying to wrestle the referee. Like he's like pulling the referee. He into didn't know where car. he was. Dude. Like he was. Like, that's brutal. I was like, damn, dude. That's what happens. As much as I like seeing a knockout, the aftermath still puts a little sorrow in my heart. Like, it's like, damn. It's the bittersweet of combat sports. It's so fucking bittersweet. And then the main event of that card was Conduit versus Maya. Carlos Conduit is a top fucking five welterweight. 170, top five. His striking is top notch. But Damian Maya is literally the human backpack. And if you don't fucking hit him and drop him within the first two minutes, he's some guy how going to wind up getting a hold of you, taking you to the ground, and boa constricting you. He's won his last seven fights in a row. Bam, bam, back to back to back to back. He's taken three significant punches in his last three fights. The dude is on a tear. He's 37. He's on the later end of his MMA career, but because he came into MMA... Uh, like third degree black belt in jujitsu that his ground game was so good all he had to work on was his takedowns in order to get people to the ground now he worked on his striking and this is through eight his eight year career at the end of his career right now he is better than he has ever been and he's older than he's ever been he's a little bit slower all this other stuff but he's taking less damage now and he's fucking working people on the ground it's absolutely amazing to the watch key veteran man the veteran people, knows the tricks yeah people, casual fight fans are absolutely going to hate Damian Maya because it's not exciting to them he's not going to come out he's not going to throw blows or anything like that he's going to come out he's going to take you down and he's going to jujitsu your ass until That's why they hate Daniel Cormier because he always just he wants it on the ground he wants to wrestle around and after Johnson like uh, won his fight everyone was booing DC who was in the crowd everyone's booing him like fuck you they all hated him and the stupid dumb fat bitch that was behind us when we watching the fight was like fuck you blah 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 like some of the shit and then fucking uh, Rumble's like whoa 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 
Don't I don't know why you guys are all hating on him, man. He's a great champ, but what's wrong with you people? I yeah. love he's that. A, he's, he's, so a great great. he's a great fighter. He's a great champ. He's like, I want to do it again. If you want to do it again, I really want to fight. I want another chance at you. It would be an honor. And like all this to be an hella cool and respectful. That's, that's fucking that's awesome. That's we why don't need to said that Rumble's he's, the shit. He's like, we don't need to talk shit in order to make excitement happen. You know, real fighters who are really exciting, we don't need to talk all the shit and be pretend, have crazy press conferences, all that bullshit. We don't need that. We, we can just make it happen in the octagon. And it's like, this guy's the shit. I, that's, yeah. that's, that's fucking so cool. Like the booing and then him going like, no, what the like, what the fuck, dude? That is to me like. And like I, he said I, that, like he said that, and then a bunch of people in the crowd are like, like saying like, why is like, and like this stupid bitch behind us is still going boo, like uh-huh. not paying attention, and she's wearing a stupid Irish, Irish flag. Irish fucking flag. And she's like, and when Connor w- was winning, she was like, you don't fuck with the Irish. She's like, you racist cunt. He's like, you're not even Irish. We Name one like, other Irish fighter. <laughs> Name fucking one. First off, America has fucked the Irish for a couple hundred years. The Irish got fucked by the English. Everybody fucks with the Irish. The Irish have been the most fucked, so fucked that their language is a fucking like it's a historic study. Like you don't know their language anymore. Like the Irish are English now. That language. Like, are yeah, you kidding me? Fucking... Like the Gaelic. Yeah. The, that's the language. Yeah. Completely forgotten. It's like you have to study it to know it. So. Everybody fucks with the Irish all, bro. Sorry. <laughs> so They've been fucked there. Dude, basically, the gingers have no souls. That's classic, the thing. Dude, that's yes. the thing. And that's the Irish. It's classic tribalism. Like, I have nothing to be proud in personally in my life. I have nothing to really take pride in. So I'm going to take pride with somebody else's accomplishments. Yeah. And... and find a small way that I'm related to that person. Something that we have in common <laughs> yeah. so I can attach myself to that one thing we have in common and be like, yeah. <laughs> That's so, to wrap up Fight Talk for me, <clears throat> I'm going to come out with some bold predictions. First, I'm going to say Connor does not go to 145 and defend his belt. Oh, Connor no, is going to give up his 145 belt, but I don't think that he's going to fight at 155. Really? I think he will eventually fight at 155, but I think his next fight is going to be against Floyd fucking Mayweather. And I oh, think that Floyd's oh, going to come God. out of retirement. Moving on. <laughs> These are my predictions. I could be wrong. I do not think I am because what is Connor in it for? Money. He's been in it from the very fucking start He's in for, it for money. The fucking him and Floyd. <laughs> him and Floyd. Oh, but hold on. Him and Floyd almost had it already fucking signed when all the hype was happening. It was almost gonna happen, but him and Floyd didn't agree on the pay because I think Floyd wanted like eighty percent of the pay per view or buys or some shit like that, and so they disagreed over the Which, pay. Like yeah, they look at the pay per view numbers and like, they didn't disagree over the fight. Because we all know Floyd's gonna win. It's just if Connor's gonna be able to last twelve fucking rounds or not. And is if Connor. Yeah, to clarify, he wa- like Connor wanted it to be a boxing match, yeah, no. not in the octagon. Connor said in the boxing ring, "I want to fight Floyd Mayweather." And it's like you it's don't know retarded. what you're doing. <laughs> okay, yourself. so that's my first prediction. Even though Floyd's an old man now. <laughs> and then my second prediction is gonna be that Damian Maya gets snubbed for his title shot. And he's going to have to fight again. And then he's going to fucking boa constrict whoever he has to fucking fight again. And then Steven Wonderboy Thompson is going to fight Tyron Woodley. And he's going to murk him. Second round KO, I'm thinking. Maybe third. Maybe third. And then what's going to happen is Damian Maya versus Steven Thompson. And Damian Maya is going to be the champ. And he's going to re- retain the champ for at least three fights, I'm predicting. This is probably going to happen over like a year. And they're all going to be boring. Everyone's going to hate him because and it's gonna all hate, about exactly. that. 
Exactly. They're gonna fucking hate him, and I'm gonna love every fucking second of it because it's gonna. And start we're gonna make T-shirts that casual fans, <laughs> like his head, to photoshopped on top of a before fucking actual anaconda. Or something. Before you make any of the T-shirts, we need to make alcohol cast. Don't, <laughs> don't plan any. Well, of the your... back of the alcohol cast T-shirt is gonna be the bullet constrictor Damian Miles uh-huh. on someone's back. No, It'll be first, on Stevie's back. Alcohol cast who's the it guy. The first, <laughs> I feel like the first alcohol cast T-shirt it's gonna say, "I will suck dick for life-changing money." <laughs> okay, like, that's, that's Joel Rosa, bro. That's gotta like be the that first one. shirt with Joel, like a like a stencil of him on his uh, fifth. Every oh, and no, every quote that Joel, everything It'll that just Joel said, all, all needs to be t-shirts. <laughs> just a shirt that says negative. Have you ever been in the <laughs> negative? Have you ever been on a door in the middle of the ocean? Podcast <laughs> <laughs> out of context. I, I gotta post that one. That's a classic. <laughs> all right, so that's the end of the fight talk. Hey. Guys, let's hang because we have a bank show, you guys. <laughs> I didn't want to do the, this dating corner, but we went on a date with each other, and right. I didn't want to. I didn't want to make it seem like we were banging each other because we didn't bang each other. Smart. Um, so I mean, I would. We hung out. Hey. I mean, you guys can get it. You can get it. <laughs> no, we can get it. Don't be weird. We, we went on a dude date. We yeah, went on a, we dude, went on a date. dude date. I didn't want to do the ooh ah, mm, even ah, though it technically wasn't a dude like date. Because Stevie had to bring his girlfriend, which in turn led me to bring in my girlfriend. Uh-huh. And so it was no, like, wait, first off, you guys Chris, ruined no. the dude no. date. Chris didn't he know there was going to be a dude date. I didn't want to go on the dude date, okay? And I let him know, I didn't want to do it. I don't remember why I didn't want to do it. I had a reason, but I don't remember why right Chris now. like, listen. And I just didn't want to do it for some reason. And Stevie refused. He was like, no, bitch, you're going to fucking bad do it. No, I'm a bad friend <laughs> because I... I pretended like, oh, okay, Chris. Okay, oh, we're not, we're not going to go out there. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'll see but when you fucked I'll up, see on Wednesday. was getting the girlfriends involved. I'll see you you should have just came over without the girlfriends, no, no, not texting the girlfriend. I needed your girlfriend to make sure that the due date happened. Your girlfriend was all a part of my fucking I scheme. I, I Batmaned it, dude. Uh, you I, didn't Batman because I found out. No, I, you, I cracked her before you guys came over, and I was already mad. I was like, God damn it. I know these motherfuckers oh, are coming over. Oh, you cracked her before? Oh, I cracked her. She didn't admit it. I gotta give it to her. She didn't admit it. She never said, yeah, you're right, but I knew it. Chris, you know, he gets in these moods, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he really does. But um, we've gotten better at it. <laughs> We're his counselors. But um, Chris like, no, I'm not the new date this week. And I told Adney, I was like, no, we've, we've all been busting our fucking asses for this show. We record every week. We for the it. record, I didn't want to do it. A dude date? Or no, I didn't want to after Chris was pouting. Yeah. I was pouting. Like, You're right. I don't, don't want to do but that. But I think the best that guy is it. a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I told Dak, I said, write fucking shower and tell shower. Can we just, like, can we, okay, she, I'm not date, like, I'm just. Can we say a real name now? Yeah. Can, can we say okay, a real read, name? Read. Okay, Okay. Uh, it's like, Rihanna, it, but whatever. Starting to bug me. Uh, she's oh. awesome. She's cool as fuck. I wrote her out. I just said, "Hey, write her as me. Tell her, hey, are you off today? I want to surprise Chris. I I know we said no about the due date, but we've been busting our asses for thirty something weeks. We gotta celebrate. It's been over a half a year. The podcast is at least somewhat successful. We didn't think it was gonna get this big, so we were like, fucking please." Tell Chris, or go over to Chris's house. Make sure he stays there. I know he's going to try to get food after work. Don't let him get food. And I told her to basically she did that say, well. I said, make say that you're going to get him food. She did that well. And what she do? She you say that you're fat and you should no, be No, she was her? like, don't eat anything. I'm going to bring something over. And then when she came, she didn't have anything. And I was like, babe, I'm hangry. I'm about to be hangry on your ass if you don't have any food for me right and that now. that turned her on, didn't it? I, <laughs> I was a little late because I'm late to everything. Always. All the time. I'm late to all of, all of uh, the things. Seriously, dude. Um, I so I was like, fuck it. Tell him to right there. I'm going to bring over some shit. I know Chris can't eat bread, so I brought over pizza. I he did. I got to gotta give it to you. So I showed I show up to his house, and he instantly knew. 
I was like, hey, dude, day. Instantly fucking playing mad. I'm like, motherfucker. I showed up a pizza. Chris looks over, sees the pizza. I know he thinks he's getting pizza, <laughs> but I didn't get him pizza. I stopped by fucking Dickie's Barbecue and got him a bunch of meat, some green beans, fucking shit that he can eat. I was like, what do you have that is gluten free? Because <laughs> Chris is diet. I handed it to him. I and hate Chris it when just... you fucking guys say that gluten-free diet. Because you feel like a douchebag? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. sugar, but whatever. It's sugar <laughs> and carbs. Sugar-free. I mean, gluten, the sucra, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. What do you have to feed total douche? <laughs> Basically, Chris whatever, didn't, dude, Chris didn't want pounds, us to do this. You. Chris didn't want us to do this. I showed up. I fucking bought him a bottle of scotch, the fucking, which was cool because it's prohibition I scotch. I still haven't opened it because it's 100 proof. And and I was like, are you seriously going to buy him fucking scotch? It's a due date between the three of us. We're not, it's not Chris's fucking birthday. It's not Chris's <laughs> dick day. Like, we're not taking just him out. That's a good call. But I was like, Ooh, no. Well, that's no, a good call. No, the reason being, I was no, like, Adam's I, mad because you spoiled me. You didn't spoil Adam. <laughs> <laughs> good fucking point. I'm mad because I know you're a fucking prideful piece of shit. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I knew you were already going to be mad. Oh, but then so on top of that, like a fucking however many dollar of fucking scotch. I'm and- still afraid to open it. Like the bottle's intimidating. It's 100 proof. Most of the scotch is like 40, it's 40 fucking proof. <laughs> like I like I just keep looking at it. I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. No, but I was like, I we brought over beer for ourselves. I know you can't drink beer, at least the IPA. So that's why I got scotch. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to buy Chris some presents. Maybe we'll be happy. <laughs> but no, I was like, well, I don't want to just be drinking. No, you tried like- to buy his friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly so Chris, Chris like, Chris just staring at Madden going, I told you I didn't want to do date, bro. <laughs> I was like, nah, man, but I got you some things. And he like, he's staring at Madden, but he like peripherals me, like, or just looks over to the left, looks at the scotch, looks at the food, looks back. He goes, I told you I didn't want to do date. <laughs> Same thing. Upset. So I was like, all right, I didn't, I didn't pressure him. I said, okay, I'm here. The food's over here. I'll put the food and the booze in the corner. You want to touch that later? That's fine. So I went over here. We did our own thing. Chris, we're all talking. Chris got up. He's Chris, like, no. no, he doesn't say shit. He, he slowly moseys up. over. <laughs> he doesn't say anything because he's hangry. He gets up, doesn't say shit. He goes over to the fucking uh, Dickie's barbecue. And he just looks inside, starts looks down, looks at us, and he starts like picking meat out of the thing. <laughs> and then he's like, and then we're like, he's all mama. Told you I didn't want to fucking do that, dude. As he's eating, I told you I didn't want to fucking do that, dude. But um, yeah, so. We, uh, went on, uh, brought over the food. We all fucking hung out, ate some stuff, and I had told them the night before because I had went and seen Sausage Party, and I told them, dude, I I went in there Jesus with low expectations. I wanted to see it so bad. Stevie orgasms over this fucking. Movie. I loved it. I loved it, and I told them <laughs> we gotta go so see. Oh, you built it up way hard. Okay, so that was the end of Chris's pouting. I finally got over it. Yes, it took me a minute. I'm a piece of shit. Chris is all a Baratheon, like we said. And he's quick to fucking <laughs> anger and quick to peace. Hey, but I held it. I was. I held he my hugged anger. me afterwards, and he was like, he hugged me and he whispers in my ear. Told you I want to do day, dude. <laughs> and he still was, you know, he's being lovey about it, so it was nice. But I actually wound up enjoying the dude day. I love these fucking guys. But what was gonna happen is, uh, Stevie wanted to just uh, kind of. So what you can do, you know, you can stream shit, and uh, you know, you I was gonna stream put s- shit that's in the movie theaters oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And so we were gonna stream it. But the thing about you can watch movies with Matey on some fucking is, internet. Uh, <laughs> it's not the best quality when the movies are first out. So I was like, dude, if. Like if we're gonna go and watch it, I want to watch it. I don't wanna. I don't want to stream it and like watch it from like some dude who's sitting there with his iPhone and occasionally fucking.
fucking moves and it's at a fucking angle. And we've stated this a million <laughs> times. Vote with your wallet if it's something worth saying. Pay and to go see there it. And fucking saying so much. The best movie is this. Is that. Oh, is it you and me. Oh, it's me. Personally, Stevie, me personally. Stevie made it seem like it was the second coming of Christ. Seriously. Like the best Why comedy movie Why would I care about the second coming of Christ? Okay, touche. No, this was that. so good it made you be a believer. Like you... <laughs> Believed in God because of how amazing deep. the movie was. That, that, yeah. Well, that's that's actually kind of like talking about the movie as well. It was an atheist film, and, and yet it made you believe. That's, and that's how much you loved it. And that's how much you talked it up. We're like, okay, we gotta see. I it. was like, no, guys, I love this movie. I went in there. I obviously went in there with lower expectations, you guys, because I pumped it up for you guys. But I really did love this movie. It got hey. bad reviews. I didn't want to see it because, like we said. Uh, the animators got fucked. We all support the little guy. Like, don't fuck the people that do the work behind it. Like, people I hate the, the actors. Camera. Yeah, Hold I hate the- Weird tangent. I'm gonna go off real fast. It's gonna be, like, really fucking fast. Do Deadpool it. had, um, the original writers that were with Ryan Reynolds from the very start of when they were writing the script and all that. It was, like, an eight-year process. So once the movie was being made, the studio, Fox, didn't want to pay for the original writers to be on set because they paid screenwriters. So they're like, no, they know how to screenwrite. You guys wrote the actual thing. Like, Every no, it's studio fine. fucking does that. Ryan Reynolds said, fuck you. I'll pay them, and those guys are going to be on set. And Fox said, okay. And so Ryan Reynolds paid for, out of what? his own pocket, the writers that he had been writing Big with ups. for the past Dude. seven fucking years you to come on set a listener, and watch. So shout out to Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Dude, Ryan Reynolds can get it. That's a problem in all Reynolds. studios. Also, like, no matter how great of source material it is, they always say, Oh yeah, but you don't know how to write for the screen. For the screen. They think they're so they're so fucking pretentious. They, they think they're so much better. Snarky, snarky mm-hmm. with their especially when writing. it comes to comic book materials too, like Deadpool, where it's like, oh no, you're a comic book writer. Or no, yeah. you're you're a fucking animated series writer. You this is movies. Right. We need actual movie, and that's why so many movies end up being fucking stupid. Yeah. Anyways, they, going back to Sausage Party. But yeah, back to Sausage Party. We were obviously upset. We brought this up that uh the, the animators not getting paid. It's fucking stupid. That's un. Fair. Even credited. Yeah, they're not even credited, and that's unfair to the it's little. It's going to, to the court yeah, and stuff. Like I day. think it's going to be overturned. I really do. Like it's it's really been blowing up like online and whatnot, and like there's a lot of movement for it. And after I think that thing about thing Ryan Reynolds happen, came out, like I, I think something. Dude, Ryan Reynolds think, is amazing. I think the best thing that can happen is something like uh, Pixar, Disney, and DreamWorks, and um, Illusion. Animation. Yeah, that's another one. All those companies can realize this whole thing is going on and look at the list of names. Everyone who actually worked on it and be like, look what they did. Let's hire them. Yeah. That's the best thing that can happen is those people actually get recognized for their work and get jobs at big studios who aren't going to completely – they're going to fuck them, but not completely right. fuck them. Well, see, that's why you have the studios like Leica, those little – like the ones that are on the border of being like small a powerhouse. Like studio small studio yeah, yeah, like But they're also not indie. Like they have enough money to like a 2.5. Like they can – They're in the middle that, ground. You know? They're in the yeah, middle they're they're ground. They're in the middle ground. So even like – let's let's be honest though. The animation in this movie is fucking great. Like, uh, it was. It was great. It was beautiful. Yeah, it, it was, was so – oh, did you – who told me? I think it was Dak that said it. It said, like, Dixar on the uh, license plate. Told you. Oh, that was you? Yeah. Dixar. When the fucking, fucking – uh, the dude who bought the bath salts, when he's driving away, you could see his license on the back of it. It's all Dixar. Yeah. It was – it looked like a Pixar movie, and the Pixar – and the entire Pixar studio had nothing to do with it. It was all this other studio house that did it, and I got to give them credit. That's why, that's why I wish they would – Wish they would have credited the animators. That's so fucking stupid, dude. Why would you not? And they told him the director, one of the directors, it was multiple. 
he was the dick that said, if you're not willing to work overtime, then we'll find directors someone too. who will. Yeah. We'll there's find two someone. directors who were basically having a fucking dick measuring contest yeah. throughout shooting. Yeah, and it was like they're trying to save as much money as possible. But these are big name actors in this movie. This Hold movie, on, like, just let me interject right now. I will never be that director. Like, that is not how you direct. That's not the way that I've seen successful. It. Like, the, like that's so, when you're a dictator, like every single movie that has that type of director Winds up kind of being shitty. Well, that's kind why, of shitty that, that's why the they end. never get the they never bring back like if you see directors Wes Anderson for instance people that take pay cuts to work for his films obviously he's not a shitty director Tarantino for instance people come back to his movies and they're upset when they can't be in it because he loves making movies so much that like I've said before he it's says contagious. why are we doing this because we love making movies it's it's fun it's friendly I would you don't want that dick like that's some you don't want the dir- of mine you don't want Chris Rock from fucking Jay and Silent Bob strike back you don't want that type of fucking director you want a director that's gonna be with you that's gonna be hands on don't make people do the work that you're not willing to do your fucking self but uh yeah sauce's party I convinced them to go we all went and saw it together we're not gonna get into that because we have a lot of other things to get into but I I truly loved the movie I really did fuck you I love th- the message behind the movie no, I love that's I love what you message. loved exactly but, no, that's what I wanted not to not just talk the message too. but the f- co- comedy the fucking there was, I will agree with I you on the comedy at, Dude, I laughed constantly in that some, movie. I there were some solid jokes. Yeah. For me, you know who was, was written by? You know who was written by? Kyle Hunter and Ari motherfucking Shafir. What? Ari, Ari motherfucking Shafir. Powerful Ari <laughs> Shafir. I didn't know Ari Shafir wrote that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I thought it was the funniest movie I've seen this year. I fucking love oh, it. Oh, whoa, hold on, sorry. I fucking discredited two of them. Seth Rogen and uh, Evan Goldberg. I was going to say, yeah, because they're, they're the two. I apologize. There was four of them. Yeah, those, those are, of course, those, those are the, are the ones behind Superbad. Yeah. Up and all they, they, so Superbad I'm sure the premise movie, and everything actually. came from Seth and Evan, but I'm sure Ari and fucking uh, Kyle oh, dude, got like Ari their should, fucking... He probably threw in like constant like, oh, add this joke in there. Yeah. Oh, add all these racist jokes. Are you Do all these Jewish jokes. Yeah. Jokes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which, Which is that was, my, that was my favorite Seth part of the and movie. Or whatever. They're both Jewish as fuck. Yeah. So. That, was so that was my favorite part of the movie is when they had like the fucking <laughs> that was so fucking like the Muslim type foods and then the Jewish type foods and they're in the same area and they fucking ate each other and they're arguing over shelf space and it's like this is the home end. So we and got like, kicked oh. out of we got kicked out of our aisle and the guy's the fucking said the bagel, which was I thought that was the best part. I wish you wouldn't have found out about that. I wish we would have just because I didn't know that yeah, going you in. You kept telling me. I you kept telling me a lot of you, things. You said I was too excited. Stevie was definitely too excited. spoiled the okay, movie for me and Shut up for a second so we can criticize you. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. But every like big major thing that would have been fun to find out, you let it go before. He's we like, there's a giant douche and he's a giant douche. He's Nick Kroll. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> we need to put spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. The fact that the dude was a fucking lavash, a piece of lavash bread was fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So and like the, funny. the bagel being a Jew was really fucking good. And the fact that he, they kept making these. They totally threw it back to World War II. Hitler jokes. So wait, what's constantly. the theme? Okay, what's the theme? The theme of the movie is sentient food who basically live their lives. Not just food, but things as well because no, we literally oh, yes. have a giant sentient, douche. Basically, it's, se- it's, <laughs> it's sentient items that humans use. You could be books. You could be anything. Right. Anything that humans use on a normal day-to-day basis, eating, playing, whatever you want to do, uh, these things are alive and well, but the humans can't see it. And then to these items... 
people are God, but this is an, it's a grocery store. So leaving the store, like you see the doors open and it's a very, very bright light on the outside. And the whole thing is these gods come in, they choose you. You are the chosen one. The gods take you out into the great beyond and then people don't ever see them again. So it's their idea of heaven. And this is why Stevie loves this goddamn movie so much because the entire yeah because he's a Christian and he loves the fact that there's God in this yeah. the entire undertone of it is blatant undertones <laughs> pretty much like they religion it over the head yeah, yeah they did and uh, how stupid religion is essentially is what they're going through the but entire they make time. a point of they saying do, yeah you can't just tell people that their religion is wrong because you're basically telling them that they're fucking stupid. You can't just say that. You have to all you have to offer up an alternative, something some kind of hope for the future. You have to offer that up in order to get through to them. People and don't people be a are fucking asshole. Yeah. And of course, like the movie itself centers on uh, two main characters played by Seth Rogen and Kristen Wiig and Seth Rogen plays a sausage and Kristen Wiig is a bun. It's pretty and, hilarious. Uh, he can't wait to get inside her. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's an <laughs> like we need to get inside. It's it's such a like <laughs> so yeah, many puns too. But they're stuck in their packaging and because <laughs> Every item in the store where the movie takes place, they're all incredibly religious, and they have these incredibly strict rules. Yeah. Just like any religion has these incredibly strict rules. Like you can't, oh, we can't go outside of our package and have sex. We have to wait till we're in the great beyond. But they don't it's call a sin, it. and the gods will be mad as if we don't, if we do, if we fucking. If you get inside me, all this stuff, and like it's basically saying you can't have sex. And then it shows you like people like wanting to break these rules throughout it, like throughout the entire thing. It's like, why are we restricted to these rules? If these rules weren't there, we'd be free to do this and that. Basically, people are questioning the great beyond. That's the whole thing. I've been there. I've seen it. It's fucking all bullshit. And then you think that those people that have been there and seen it and came back are crazy, and then everyone dismisses them. Besides, of course, one person. Yada yada yada. And we're not gonna do a review of the movie. No, no, of course not. Of course not. But, but after that, okay, we went and seen Sasha's party. Go see it. It's incredible. But that's not the main thing that we got to do on our due date. The main reason for our due date, which I'm so glad we pushed it back another week. We got to go see Bill fucking Burr. Bill fucking Burr! What, what's, what's so good is I... I got the tickets, okay? I got the tickets. I didn't know what they were yet, and I had to go over to ask. I didn't want to open them. I didn't want to touch them. So immediately, I, I had I pulled a girl. I was a female with it. I was like, oh, giddy. Like, Ooh. I take a picture, and I'm like, they're inside here. And I was like, I, I went straight to Adney. I, hand, I walked over to him and I handed him and I looked away. I was like, I can't even, I can't even open these. I just can't. Just, I need you. Just open. Just tell me what seats they are. <laughs> and then it's like fucking drum roll. You did do that though. I hella did. That's I was like, <laughs> I wasn't there for any of it. I ran over to Adney. Yeah, because you work at a fucking dirt farm. <laughs> yeah, no, you work at a food farm, out. whatever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the regular farm? <laughs> 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 Wait, a regular farm? Well, that's a failing farm. It's a dirt farm. <laughs> it's just dirt, bro. That's funny. That oh, funny. it's fucking great. So yeah, Adney opens them up. Boom. Second row. Fucking uh, section, section right C. in front of the stage. No, Dude. we didn't know that. It said section C. We don't have to tell that part of the story. Though. Okay, but I still I was gotta expedite the process to get us C. there faster. I thought it was side. Like I was like, okay, section C. That sounds like the side. Like, like you hear, you a. always think A is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We this situation, A was not the best. Not at all. C. We show up to the fucking place, which is the Reno Ballroom. We thought it was the server legacy. <laughs> um, we get in there and fucking. Who told we, us that? We didn't even. Uh, I was, who no, were we with? Usually we, all we all assumed it. It's because usually where it's at. Who are we Me and you were with. Someone while he was with that. We were with Susie. Susie told us. Yeah. Damn. I don't think Susie told us. I think we all just assumed. No, she was like, "It's in the Reno Ballroom." She, I remember her distinctively saying that, and I was like, "Oh shit, 
I thought it was at the fucking Laughing Factory. Or not, not the Laughing Factory. I thought it was at Silver Legacy, like, underground. That's where all the stand-ups that we've seen have been there. Including That's why Bill we thought that. Yeah. Hold on. That place where it says the big old laughing factory no, and you no, walk no, in, that's no. not like a place. You can't like walk in there no, that and go is, to a show. That's smaller comics that go there sometimes. Oh, okay. If you have a contract well, with the laughing really factory. I, okay, okay. If you have a contract with the laughing factory, that they just go there to a I couple nights. That you is where all the shows happen. Oh. And that area where oh, we're standing, right, that's right. where they line up where everyone it's can meet the, the comics. That's all the way the Olympics were. Okay, the Olympic yeah, box yeah, Okay, But, so they write me out as I'm parking Dak's car and they're like, oh, it's at the Reno Ballroom. So I'm like, sweet. Now, because I'm already parking around the corner. We're literally walking, and this fucker's driving Dak's car. He's like, Hong Kong, hey, hey, guys, hey, guys, hey, look no, at they me. Look hey, at guys. Me. They look at me, and they look away, and I thought they didn't see me. <laughs> I was like, hey, guys, and he's all, we got it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we got it, dude. You didn't acknowledge me. I told you my life is hollow without acknowledgement. <laughs> um, so we get in there. We get we walk up to the fucking front. Dak and uh, Susie had fucking row fucking eighty seven hundred or whatever. <laughs> he was way in the back. But we walk up and we okay fucking section C whatever. That but makes us sound like they like bitches get the fuck away from us. Uh, like no, we had tickets for the three of well, us. Well, we for a while. Yeah, like, like it was just it was like we he planned only, this He, he was only time. able to get the three tickets for us, and then afterwards, um, like Susie asked if she can go. And I was like, oh, well, like, I didn't get the tickets. Like, it's Stevie got the tickets. He, he got them, and it's for the three of us. Like, Dak can't even go. She's like, oh, then she went and asked Dak if they wanted to go together. And then they got – that's why they were – They joined us, yeah. 20 miles away from us. Yeah, because originally it was just going to be us. It was a, Like it was fucking a, peasants in the it back. Was ca- it was an alcoholic casting. When I ask for things now, I'm like, hey, can you get three tickets? And it's for <laughs> – like, Dak can go fuck herself. Like, I paid for and things. Her boy, <laughs> and, her, and her boy Aaron was going to go and, like, bring his girlfriend. But he's like, nah, I'm going to bring my boy Dowen. Like, oh, cool. yeah. Aaron, yeah, yeah so, we, so we the got guy to that meet made up. the cake for when we went out on the, the lake trip. The guy we trip. gave a shout-out to uh, two weeks ago. Um, we joined up with him. We had some drinks. Then we all went to the show. Um, Aaron and like, seriously, like right after this motherfucker was in heart surgery, he's over here drinking his motherfucking ass. Laughing is so gangster. Dude, when you guys well, told to be me, fair, the guy is like the size of a fucking like soda machine. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's like laughing is strong little heart out. So like when we were there, dude, it was fucking awesome. So wait, he had a new heart when we always saw him. Oh, no, 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 they no. don't. They didn't cut him open. So basically, it was it's a really still... it's a really complicated like crazy. Well, wait, hold thing. on. Did they like do the surgery? Yeah, he did, and it was, was fine. successful. Completely fine. Yeah. 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 So he's so okay now. A couple days he's off great. work, and he's fine. He says like he hasn't he doesn't feel any problems at all. So anymore. shout out to our Alki out there, Aaron. Everyone, show him some fucking love. We had a blast. We hung out with Aaron. Aaron sat right in front of us, which is fucking awesome. And uh, what's yeah. name? Dallin. Awesome. And Dallin sat right in front of us. Literally, Bill Burr was. Not even ten feet away from us. Yeah, he was, was right fucking dude, there. It was and fucking... I must say, Bill Burr is not nearly as out of shape as he says he is, because he makes himself. Because he's wearing a button. Really out of shape. He even says like, "There's no." But when he was going up, she, and, like, I was making it a point to be weird about it because I listen to him all the fucking time. And I know how fat he says he is. And I'm looking. He's not that fat. There's a button-up like suit in shape. Then there's like t-shirt in shape. Then there's like wife beater in shape. And then there's shirtless standing up shape. And then there's sitting down on, without your... That's the ultimate. shirtless shape, but he's still chubby. You know what I mean? So he's not... In, that's what he's saying. It's like if you look good in all those positions, that's how the, like right. the ultimate is looking good with your shirt off and sitting down. That's the ultimate. That's the hardest. Sitting down is the hardest. Yeah, yeah sitting Gilbert down made that hard. like scale yeah, yeah. like yeah. fucking forever yeah, ago. Yeah, sitting down is way hard. But uh, yeah, so... Fucking, we get up there, we're super fucking stoked. The opener, Todd Rex, 
fucking murdered it. The it guy was great. He was fucking great. killed it. it. He was incredible. He told a lot of dick jokes. It was so fucking funny. My, one it of was my favorite mostly things, racing fucking Yeah, one of my dick. favorite things. Because this guy, he's a half black. He's half black, half white. But um, he's black. Bilber, I mean, he looks black. Bilber he's talked black. about him on the podcast saying, this guy is a... He, if you think I'm funny, this guy is... He's up there. He's at the top. Sometimes you see an opening, you're like, eh, it was okay. You're waiting for the main attraction. But this guy fucking murdered it. Yeah, dude, he got the whole fucking crowd just, yeah. just fucking laughing their asses. And what I do want to say is that we were the best section in that entire fucking crowd. Oh, we <laughs> laughed. No, we seriously laughed. Well, wait, hold on. Funny you joke. laughed at everything. Oh, I, dude, I was dying. I was like, dying. At, dude, they would say... Ha ha! And no. Stevie was like, ah! No, that's a, fuck, that's a lie. No, I laughed at everything no, I thought was not. funny. I laughed at everything I thought no, was funny. But what made us a, a, a not an annoying section was that we weren't going, Woo! Which a bunch of people were. We weren't yelling Trump every time he was all, who's undecided. He asked, okay, in the election, who's undecided? And a huge, like half the fucking crowd was all like, Trump! Trump! He's like, I said undecided. That's why they're Trump supporters. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They don't know what a word means. <laughs> like, and then, then there was some other on the other side, some stupid fucking chick screaming her fucking head off. And there's like a bunch of people who get mad. Like every now and then, there'd be a group of people who got mad at a certain kind of joke, and it's so funny. But uh, to be honest, I only laughed at things I really thought were funny. So I laughed the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly thought like I don't fake laugh. I was dying. I no, I know. I know you great. don't fake laugh. But that's not what like, I was saying. Like Todd I Rex that's comes out. Saying. Fucking guys already making fucking black jokes. Him being light skin, fucking hilarious. But my favorite thing that, that stood out the most, not what stood skin. out the most to me, was the fact he's he's a, he's a father. He's making kid jokes. Bill Burr is not a dad. He's Billy the Kidless. Like it's it's not a quote really. from uh, Bill Burr's podcast. But this guy is making jokes about being a dad, and most people have done that joke so many times. They've done the father bit. This is what make makes Jim Jeffrey stand out so much in comedy oh, is because he great. does something so much different. Like this bit has been done over and over and over. The airplane bit. Because a lot of comics travel. And it's like you have to fucking be original with these types of bits. Yeah, most comics, like a lot of comics are fathers, but they always go back to the same well. And all the jokes are just slightly different. Yeah, but it's the it's same thing. They're plucking the same the joke same, out of the same It's the same thing they're making fun of over and over again. They're picking the same fucking low-hanging fruit. And every now and then, though, you do get a comic who's like, no, I'm going to father. I'm going to look at it from a, something you didn't think about saying. <coughs> <coughs> Tom's a girl. Word, and, uh, yeah, and I'm going to look at it from a in different a very interesting way. I'm not going to look. I'm not like gonna do the family friendly version of dad jokes I'm gonna get in fucking deep and and Todd Rex did a pretty yeah, good job yeah Todd no, Rex did a great good. job and the, the main joke the dad joke that stood out the most to me when he's talking about all his friends telling him Oh, you, you know, you got his daughter's 24. You got dudes coming over there. You know, you know, get a gun. You get a gun, you got to clean your gun. You he's got a good spread. He's like, he's like, he's all. <laughs> so I'm not going to, I'm not going to shoot a fucking kid. Okay. I'm not going to shoot a kid. So instead I went a little bit crazier with it. Anytime a guy comes over talking to me, get an answer to a butt ass snake and start jacking it. <laughs> he's like, start rubbing my dick when they're talking to me. <laughs> and dude. I fucking love. I thought that because was because he so, was doing the motion, stroking the microphone, stroking the mic, dude, stroking the mic, just staring. He goes, "Oh no!" And he wasn't saying anything. Yeah. He made it seem like the kid's talking to him, asking to take his daughter out, and he's just stroking the mic. And he's like, "Come on in, come on in." And let's not do too many of the bits, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah, ruin yeah, the bits, but, but I'm saying, de- just sit out. What's just say, out just say, to the audience that they should definitely look up Todd Rex or yeah. T Rex, whatever. Look him up. He's really fucking Todd funny. Rex, uh, and then. Obviously, fucking, once he was done, 
He got a standing ovation. He did, he did, he did 30, 30 minutes. He did about yeah, 30 minutes. I stood up on my chair and fucking cheered for him because I thought he did a great job, dude. He was hilarious. He's the one that fucking introduced Bill Burr, so already on the chair. Everybody stands up. Everyone goes fucking us. And I love how Bill Burr gets embarrassed. Like, every comment, like, sit the fuck down. Sit, like, douchebag comments, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's me. I'm me, and you're you, and you're here for me. Thank but, you. But that, was that a, I think I felt like that was a dice clay thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely a clay. But you get these comics that like, like Bill Burr won't read compliments on his fucking like when people write in fan mail. He's like, ow, 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 ow. All right, all right, right. I get it, down. I get it, I get it. And it's like he stays away from that. He, he gets a douche what chill is kind this, of a thing. Fucking puff piece. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like Steve. <laughs> I jack myself off all the time. I'm just talking shit. I'm just talking shit. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm, I'm just sorry. saying. That. I think Chris, I'm just asking questions. Uh, yeah, I think I, I'd be mad if I were you right now because Chris basically just called you Dice Clay. <laughs> You're the Dice Clay of the podcast. That's what he said. That's fine. You're Claying it, bro. Dice Clay's funny all around the universe. Yeah, he I'm is though. I like Dice Clay. I like Dice nope. too. Adney, apparently Dice is a listener, so we just lost a listener. Yeah, th- good job, Adney. Adney. Thanks a lot, Adney. <laughs> Uh, fucking Todd Rex welcomes out Bill Burr. We all give him a fucking standing ovation. Everyone's freaking the fuck out. And I'm telling you this right now, Bill Burr fucking murdered. Yeah. Every bit was gold. I fucking lost my mind. All of us, like, we are lucky that we got to sit so close. I was close. literally sitting there yelling, Big Diaz! Well, Big Diaz! Because he's coming out. Well, yeah. Also, because most comedians that come to Reno have to deal with just high rollers in the front. It's like the first 10 rows are high rollers. That's the people true, sitting next true. to us, people in front row, they're usually high rollers. And they're older people, and they don't laugh. So they're here. The dude next to us was falling asleep, yeah. for instance. He was an older gentleman. Back laughs. He even called him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He calls him out. He did. Like, he's like, this fucking no, guy. No, Bill like, Burr's like, like, you guys are way guy. better at remembering. He's, like, he's like, look at this guy. He's fucking falling asleep. He goes, he's like, don't worry. What's he's like, 9, 10? Dude, you get, fall asleep, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's like, I'm up here for 20 minutes. 20 minute nap, you're fine. Don't worry. And he was sitting right next to Stevie, and like Stevie had talked to him before the show even started. And Stevie was just having a conversation with the guy and found out that the guy like had no fucking idea who Bill Burr was. I didn't even realize that people go to comedy shows without high rollers, dude. Who that's, they are. See, that's casinos what I'm and shit give them tickets in order to keep them in town, keep them happy, so they come back and spend Perks. more money in the casino. Perks. Oh. At least Bill Burr got fans in the front row because usually yeah, we were it's a right bunch of old people. No, guess what? The first 14 rows are usually given to high rollers because guess who put on the show? All three casinos, not just El Dorado. Oh. It's Circus, El Dorado, Server Legacy. We're all we all own it now. It's it's we That's have six casinos Burr, now. Like so, the reason why it wasn't even in the regular room is because Burr is so maybe not big, but just a name in Reno he because he's up. constantly coming back yeah, to Reno. He leveled up and he talks so about I Reno think on he's the podcast. Built a big crowd base in Reno yeah, he, just because we don't have a lot of comics that keep yeah, coming like, yeah, back. That wasn't was his last special. He had a whole opening bit about Reno. Yes, he yeah. did. He talked about buying a gun in Reno and he's actually he's talking about Bizarre Guitar. He's, he's, not he's mentioned Bizarre Guitar person like by I think the homecoming bit that he did or homecoming the burn... Burning, Burning Man. Man. He I comes out talking about... No, that was off the cuff. No, the Burning Man, Gib, I think he's going to put that into his actual fucking... You think so? Fucking... Because, no, I it think was it... so good, yeah, but listen, dude. listen. I think the only reason it he did that... It was so good! The only reason he did it 
in Reno, I think that was off this the is cuff. Gonna, this is going to be a shot. It had to have been. Because guess what? Reno is the only fucking place. Like, Burning Man's basically here. It's in the desert. Most people come this way. They go through Walmart. But people know they're about it. That's what I'm in. saying. Is it'll be a great bit for for an East Coast crowd. Because they don't know a lot about it. They just know of the thing that is Burning yeah, Man. Yeah, but that's, I think, like, that bit, he opened with it in the Reno area because of the fact that it's fucking a couple hours away. Everyone right. here, dude, no, no, there's no way you wrote it. Yeah, I don't think he wrote it either. I don't think he wrote it either. That's what I'm saying. Oh. He, he came up with it off the cuff because... Yeah, Stevie's well, no, been, I would, no, I agree. I agree no, with that. Chris, agree Stevie with that. has been trying to say that for a solid 10 minutes, but you keep screaming in the corner. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that that didn't happen. I was just saying that I think it'll work in other places. I wasn't yeah. saying that I didn't think that he made it off the cuff. Yeah. That's why I think he is one of the best. Oh, dude, of course. I think even in his specials that there's certain parts... That are off the cuff and he's playing with the oh, fucking. Oh, he, he doesn't write. But this is gonna go back but, okay, into our other fucking just, discussion because I got so plenty to say explain. about that. Um, but we're just talking. About, I do think but, that that Burning Man bit will be in his next hour. So it for, was for anybody who doesn't know, Bill Bird doesn't write any of his jokes down. He thinks about them, replays them in his head, and then tries them out. Now this obviously he's in Reno. He flies in here. Uh, he fucking sees burners because they're coming in for Burning Man. There's a week before Burning Man or a couple days actually. I think that Saturday people are heading to Burning Man. So he's dealing with burners and he's like, these this fucking Saturday hippies. Like so he comes out and he opens with the Burning Man bit and I'm just going to say the Burning Man bit because it probably made me not be on a special. But he, he comes out and he goes, he's fucking he's Burning Man fucking people, huh? Like, are you kidding me? I'm 48 years old. People are you going to go to Burning Man, bro? It's like, no. 40 years old. I don't do shit like that. Are you kidding me? Fucking go there. Like, you're in the fucking desert. Fucking, you you know, everyone trading. I look like he's a in, fucking cop. He's all, he's all, everyone, even, everyone's fucking trading stuff. It's not for me. It's like, are you kidding me? Everyone's sharing. It's like, there's no fucking. What the fuck is there's, this? There's no there's fucking community. He's like, that's not who I am. There's no get along in a fucking place like that. Walking around looking like a fucking cop ruining these kids. Yeah. Like, you think you're, you're high and shit. You see Bill Roll hug up. You think it's got. And he's like, there's, look at this. It's in the desert. There's no fucking plumbing. It's like, dude, get off my fucking lawn. I'm not going to go to fucking... Even that, the opener, off the fucking cuff, killed it. He did... It was all new material. For anybody who yeah, doesn't know... it was know, all new material. For anybody who doesn't know, really, because everyone's asked me, oh, is he going to do this? And these I bits? listen to his podcast every fucking week. Well, that's the best part, is like, when we listen to his podcast, crazy, we get dude. to see these bits in formation, like how they started. These are, like... There was one the rock, bit, the, rock, he had a pop, yeah. uh, population bit, once again... And I love Every that fucking, he's just oh, keeping dude. that All his theme. specials are the same, but better. Like, it gets better as it goes, but it's all the same type of, like, the, it's the his style. he keeps, like, Oh, dude. And it's jokes. never the same bit, but yeah. it is about the population thing. But so for, like, good. five specials in a row, he said something about the population problem and had a different thing to say about it. it and this one was fucking great. Oh, dude, it was incredible. And, um... For anybody who doesn't know, because I was asked this by plenty of people, they always ask, is it the same stuff? And you're like, no, good comics, what they do is they travel and they try out new bits. Bill Burr always says, I got to start writing some new stuff. I don't know how I feel about my new stuff. And they try it out and they do small venues. They do small rooms, laugh factories, stuff like that. And they build up their hour before their show. Like the 1% do Yeah, so when you go see them, it's all new stuff because they're trying to chip away at the stuff that's not funny and they're trying to fine-tune the stuff that is funny so they could do a new fucking stand-up and that's why it's very good to go fucking see them when they're it's all raw it's all stuff because you get stuff that is not even on their special you're like oh i seen him personally yeah. and the stuff that he fucking did was incredible oh, i wish you would have did this bit i wish you would have did that bit you get a personal fucking like feeling with it and that's why i think it's great when there's like ah, oh, put it on your fucking phone be there in the moment enjoy it quit fucking trying to take pictures and 
you know, like that chick that kept that coming shit. up. Like she didn't come up once or tw- she came up like every three three or four, four times. times. Yeah, it was some fucking minutes, chick. She kept running man. up out of her crazy. seat through the aisle up in front of even the front row and just like do probably doing her fucking Snapchat. Like it looked like she was filming. It was so like, ridiculous. Her phone was just there sitting and it was filming. And like, then of course right he, in front he of was her. like, like that's super disrespectful. That's... It's like just enjoy the fucking show. Let him do his bit. You're like, and he just, he, he's like, finally he gets raised. Like, look, what the fuck are you doing, lady? He's like, lady, what are you doing? Like, and then her stupid ass friend is all, she's Asian. It's like, that uh, doesn't explain why yeah. the fuck she's doing <laughs> <Asian. laughs> She's not fucking Asian. Hey, you, your racism does not explain why she's acting like you, a fucking idiot. You are a racist friend. Like, seriously. But um, we don't want to give away any so bits, douchey. but we just want, like, just, just the Bill, one that we told. Bill killed it. Be, well, that's maybe not be on there, but Bill fucking killed it. Be excited for his new special, guys. I truly believe it's Bill gonna be is, on Netflix. It's yeah, gonna be. it'll be next Bill, year. It'll well, be like he loved February the, of twenty seventeen. Oh, God, did you know that uh, Louis C.K. has a new special on Netflix? What? Yeah, I just I when did it come out? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just noticed it's it like the other live day. at Town Hall. Oh, or that something one's like, like a year that. ago. I it's, it's not it's new. Not, You're right. It's, it's, not it's new. like a year and a half ago. I have not seen. I didn't see it before either. So I it was, it was new just, to me. It was like just just now. I was like, I, I think he ju- they just put it on there. But I think it's the one that he like. It's maybe not the HBO. It's like one. two years ago or something like that. No, it's not two the HBO. One. I think it was 2015, maybe. It is 2015. Oh, okay, I yeah. think it is. But um, but yeah, I highly suggest Bilber's also coming. If you are a fan, he's also coming out with a fucking vinyl of him live at Madison Square Garden. Please. Like we, oh, like we've said it before, because that's gonna. I feel like that one is gonna be a gem that no one's gonna hear Cause besides his diehard It's not video, fans. and I feel like that one's gonna have bits that aren't on the new one and that aren't on his last. No, one. because that's he doesn't be... repeat bits. He doesn't repeat bits, and that's where the good one, the great ones do. But I will say that, like, for watching, is so much better wa- than yeah, us. watching. It's, oh, dude, his old well, stuff he's was a not that. His, his, dude, the podcast. Like a genius in a sense of comedy. Like yeah. he's not like off the Richter scale. He's a comedic like, genius. He's a comedic yeah, genius. He's so naturally, naturally, he's a, like, he's a, he's a, he's a just savant. Works. Yeah, he he's by himself on his show. He's by he himself, and he has one of the funniest fucking podcasts in the world. <laughs> he's by himself. Like Nate, there's not another amazing podcast at that level with only one person. Whether it be like Marin's, like WTF, he always in does interviews. Like that's Marin's what his thing not- is. Like he's one, he's he's known for being like this the amazing only other podcast. person that's a solo podcaster that I would even say that's on the same level, but it's not because it's comedy. It's just on the same level because he's able to do it solo. Is Dan Carlin in Hardcore History? But oh, it's not but the it's same not comedy, thing. Exactly. But he's an amazing solo podcast. Not Dude, the no same one thing. else can make you laugh yeah. by themselves. Twice a fucking week, just rambling. And make yeah. him so- Only Bill, not even Joe fucking Rogan. No, not what even makes, Joe. What makes his show so amazing is that he always has the most interesting people in the world exactly. come on to talk about yeah. shit. So you learn shit from it. But Bill Burr, guys, please, if you don't even know who Bill Burr is, if you're a fan of this podcast, if you think we're somewhat funny, you're you're gonna get your fucking you're gonna get your fucking right, well, cut wet and rocks hard if you check out Monday Morning Podcast. But I know we're not supposed to suggest podcasts anymore, but Monday Morning Podcast, Bill Burr. If you don't know anything about him, he has three specials on Netflix now. He's going to be releasing another one. That's why he came to Reno. And uh, actually a second one with his Madison Square Garden vinyl release. I cannot suggest that comedian enough. Him and Louis C.K. specifically are two comics that have gotten better with time. I mean, there's plenty of others that have gotten better, that have gotten better with time, but some that kind of like fell off, like that peaked early, which is pretty shitty, you know, like... That's a lot of problems with people who watch comedy. It's like, 
they don't give people a chance. Either they see their new stuff and they're like, ah, oh, it's not that funny, so they don't go back to the beginning and watch their first specials, or they see their first specials and they don't give a shit about the new ones because... You know, it's, it's all pick and choose, obviously, what you laugh at. So you can't really be like, oh, you suck, this sucks. Everyone has their own preferences. Comedy is incredibly subjective. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, there are comics that will stand the test of time. And there are comedians that were good then, at the moment, at the time. Sam Kennison, for instance, is one of them that was like, at that moment, he was something new, something influential. And he kind of pushed comedy in the upper stratosphere um, as comedy went on. He kind of like pushed it in that new fucking era but I want to ask you guys something. Like, what truly, out of everybody, I know we all we are all huge comedy fans. What are you guys' top five? Like, what are our top fives? Can you name at alive least five or, or dead or uh, all time? I'm gonna do. Let's do. Let's alive. do live. No, let's do alive. But that's a, like alive. But we can do. No, it doesn't. It could be influential. It just they don't have to be the best. They don't have to be. Yeah, exactly. Favorites. All right. I feel like Chris wants to go first. Rogan is definitely in my top five. And Rogan's in my top five because Rogan is like the, not embodiment, but there's so much of Sam Kinison in Rogan, but it's so Rogan at the same time that it brings that influential comic that broke the grounds and did certain things that nobody else was doing. But Rogan will mix it up with Rogan's own little prophecies and space and aliens and... And intelligent all this comedy. shit, like he's very like, intelligent. Comedy. Nothing is negative when it comes. I wouldn't. I would, to it was, it's not so much like an intellectual comedy. Um, like, I said like, that? I can't speak words. My bad. <laughs> people like um, Bill Maher and Louis Black get labeled intellectual because it's a lot of political comedy. Yeah. Where I would say Joe Rogan is more philosophical comedy. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Time. He does go off yeah. on his philosophical rant for a while, but then he brings it back into being funny. But he does yeah. go off for a minute, and it's like a very. Spiritual kind of thing almost. So okay, so name another one. Let Adney take it away. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it doesn't bother me. At no, all. I know. Well, I know. We all know that I love Rogan. I, I've I've speaks about what's, spoke what's about him plenty is, of times. Uh, what's funny is I didn't know Joe Rogan was a comedian at all. Yeah, before his Fear Factor. Stand, well, yes, yeah, Fear Factor. <laughs> like, I've seen him on Fear Factor, all this stuff. I seen Dave and Adam. Oh, sorry, he who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> Tinder King. Uh, watching it at Dan, like Danny's, they were watching it at their house, and I, I'm there, and they just started it, and I was like, what the fuck? This guy's a comedian? He's, like, on his way to his show, and he's giving you a view of, like, Earth from, like, above, like, in an airplane, I think it's something like that, and he's like, look at this, this beautiful place, and we are mold on bread. He basically explains that the human race is mold on yeah, bread. Because yeah. if we were if we were made for fucking earth, then we wouldn't be destroying it as we are. And I was like, damn, that's fucking that's a pretty good point. We're mold on fucking bread. And then from there I watched the show and I didn't expect it to be funny, so I was I was underestimating it. And dude, it, you blew it away. fucking yeah. killed me. I, but he's got that Kenneth and like, He's loud, he yells a lot, he's animated, he's fucking in your fucking face at times. He does a good job of bringing you low and keeping it at like when he's talking philosophical, he can he lowers it and he brings you in. He talks softly and he's like getting intense. But when they call, he's, it's a calm intensity and then he explodes and then he gets round. And then he like a, he does a really good job of doing that. And it really keeps the audience's attention. It's a oh, good roller great. coaster ride. Like good comics will will take you on a roller coaster ride. Another one has gotta be Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz. Half of it is because just how he fucking talks, guys. Like, Listen, come on, I'm fucking your fucking I'm a fucking I'm a fucking dog. Fuck you guys. He's naturally funny. I've never seen his stand up, but let me see. 
sitting on your couch. I literally <laughs> went back because Joe Rogan has what eight hundred something like episodes. Like, yeah, eight forty right now. I literally scrolled down through all of Joe Rogan and I downloaded every single fucking episode with Joey Diaz. And I knew I know Joey Diaz face wise, oh, but I didn't know he was a comic either. And uh, fucking Chris is the one, dude. You gotta hear Joey Diaz's story about growing up, his life. And so that's back, what's, that's scro- the main thing I with down, Diaz. I it's not down even down. that like he's. Uh, Great at bringing you in, settling you down, as Adney was saying about Rogan, and then springing something on you. Not at all. He's all about his stories. Just talking, yeah. And then he talks he's about his fucking teller, life, yeah. his interaction with it, and he just makes it fucking funny. That's what I love about Even if he doesn't know the, the puzzle piece that is comedy, like, oh, you set this piece here, you gotta set this piece here, this is gonna pay off here, like, all that. He doesn't know, like, the lineup of... He just talks. He's a talker. And yeah. that's what makes him so fucking good. Because even Joe Rogan said, before he did stage performance, he was the funniest fucking guy in the parking lot. Can of corn! Can of corn! That's the can of corn guy from the longest fucking yard. That's the guy you wanted to be around was Joey Diaz in the parking lot. You were laughing your ass off. And then when he got on stage, he was somebody different. And I love that Joe said it took him a while to get the feel to find out who he was on stage. But when he did... Dude, I think that... It took him a while for him to bring his personality onto the stage. Because he would usually leave it in the parking lot. He finally figured out a way to express himself... And on stage, in the show, and that's why people started to love him. It's almost like uh, comedic cold feet in a way. It's like he thinks he's trying to write something to make people laugh, but just him being himself, that's what's funny. And I, I truly believe that Joe Rogan's favorite comedian is Joey Diaz. I think so. I, I don't think so, dude. He's Yeah, he has said it. I just... And he's so analytical that, like, I'm surprised that Joey's his favorite. I think Joey's his favorite, but he brings his inspiration from someone else. Yeah, because I'm not exactly think... sure who that someone else might be, but I do honestly believe that Joey is his favorite. You would think but it's that also Joe because would... it's so personal with him. Yeah, and that's what this whole entire crew that I'm kind of like gonna name like. Like they're, they're all tight knit. <laughs> well, yeah, I love they that are. About the, and it's all, like, I love that about it's not the even that it's the same type of comedy. They all have it. It's, it's all a different style, but it is within the same vein. It is within. It's not like, like one of them's talking about po- politics, like Bill Maher or anything like that. Like I don't really fuck around with that type of comedy. Uh, I can watch a Bill Maher special, but I'm not gonna laugh at a Bill Maher special. <laughs> That's the like I'll laugh That's at certain better points. Than the guy who laughs. On purposely super hard <laughs> to let you know that he understands what the uh, right. So I love Coco for his stories. Joey right, Diaz's stories three? are amazing. Number now, three. These oh. aren't in. <laughs> these aren't in order because no, my number. Okay. It doesn't matter. Name your third one. Whatever. Do an order. Whatever the fuck. Number we three. Said still alive. Now, still alive and still performing are two different things. But my personal top five that are still fucking alive. Eddie Murphy is in there. Oh, I watch. Dude. I watch Motherfucker and Delirious. Loophole. That's in my top because the last special came out in like '86. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this is gonna have to be bald because he's in my top five as well. As Eddie Murphy's in my top right? five. Okay, well, he's also comic in line. He's one of the greatest of all. He's fucking one of the, So let's talk a little bit about Eddie Murphy. He only had two specials. Yeah. What made him so great? What What was it about Eddie that transcended comedy? Well, let's just say like. There the was a really outfits. dude. <laughs> come on, the leather outfits were huge. They were so fucking money. And he, not only is he in leather outfits, but he comes out there and he's like, "What's up, bitch? I'm in a leather outfit. Uh, no shirt underneath. No wife beater. Look at these fucking abs, and I'm a fucking comedian." Like, well, well, let's just so say, gangster. let's just say that now. Black comics in general, Richard Pryor set the tone for like l- getting people comfortable. Cause 
you gotta think. This I is feel like in the we 80s. have a easily no, this, thirty this, minutes on prior. Yeah. So this, I mean, no, this is like you think in the eighties, okay? It's mostly white comics prior to this. You have Richard yeah. Pryor that comes along, and it kind of makes you in comfortable with black comedy. He's making fun of white people a lot. People are like, yeah, people get scared like, of something like, different. He's like scared of something the different. Original. Here knows how white guys are like this. Like, yeah. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> like he fucking started so, that kind of shit. So it's like Dave Chappelle going, "You don't want to be the first black president." You know what I mean? <laughs> and so Richard Pryor comes out he set the bar okay but i feel like eddie murphy was such a lovable liked guy because of his uh saturday night live performance he he came on saturday night live during a time that saturday night fucking live was in shambles saturday night live sucked this is after all the big hitters um like after the 70s everything like that going into the 80s they didn't have that many great people in the 80s at the time. There were some fucking stars that we know of, but Eddie Murphy comes on, steals the fucking show as Buckwheat. Became inspirational to a lot of fucking black comics. Like, they Buckwheat, Saturday Night Live is one of the biggest things in comedy history. Still is, still running to this day. And you have Eddie Murphy comes on as kind of like a nobody a little bit, and he fucking steals the show. Then he gives fucking... Uh, at least black comics, you know, young black kids, like, in, they're inspired by the, in, not just sports players, you know, it's people who blend, they're inspired by a fucking comedian, they're inspired by someone who's, who's making them fucking laugh, it's like, I want to do this, I want to fucking laugh, and I feel like prior to that for Eddie Murphy, and then when Eddie Murphy comes out with his first fucking special, Delirious, still to this day, it is, it holds up, it yeah. is top five best it's fucking so specials fucking ever, good. dude, it, is fucking yeah, so really good. good. Yeah, we've talked about before. Uh, like, but uh, comedy has the fastest expiration date of any kind yes, of culture. That's very true. Uh, a joke can only be really heard once, and then it's not funny. Typically, uh, other things multiple times, and you and uh, everyone's experienced this. They've had a parent or somebody older than them say, "This movie was hilarious," and then you watch it, and it doesn't make yep. you laugh involuntarily. You get it. You get that it's funny, but you don't uncontrollably go, "Oh my god." Catch and you off guard. Comedy, uh, that's the yeah, best part like, of comedy. It catches you off guard. Because every because you're used to what's came out now, which built off of that old shit. Yes. So usually when you go back and watch a lot of old stand-up comics, you're not going to be like, oh, I get why it's funny. But when it comes to Eddie Murphy's Delirious and Raw, which I really love Raw, well, so it I, yeah. still makes you laugh involuntarily. And it's still just he go he go he has a he has a great job of going from the goofy, silly fucking like shit comedy to a little more like Serious. Serious introspective Racy. into society. Yeah. He talks not just only about race, but just about <clears throat> like relationship issues and really things that are really deeply intertwined in society yeah. and how people act. And he's able to break that all down and make it all incredibly fucking fun. And now understand this. It came out in 1983. Us as a group, like um, Adney and I, our friend uh, Joel Money LaRosa, which you guys met, a bunch of us literally didn't, like, I didn't, I'm not sure if Adney watched it prior, but we all watched together. I, it was my first time watching it. This was in like 2000, uh, 2007 or 2006. I saw Raw before that, but not okay, Delirious. Yeah. Didn't see Delirious. It was 2006 or something. We were living at Joel's Duplex. We would literally watch, we've watched like fucking 30 times. We rewatched it so many times and we referenced it through our lives after that. Like, so many times. I jokes. had the same experience and it was with Cat Fucking Williams Pimp Chronicles, too. Oh, dude, that's a really good crazy because that's now actually... you think of who Cat is and you're like, fuck, that guy's like crazy. He's out of the box. Like, that dude's lost it, but. Come on, the Pimp Chronicles. Pimp Chronicles. No, no, the, the the one that was like a no, insurgent. Was, he's insurgent. He's in his. He, yeah, he's in. He's in his green. He's in his green suit. 
you know, his green jacket. That or is an amazing stand-up. That's a I will great support special. That as an, as a but great yeah, special. after that, he became just he a, he became a preacher. I feel like, like, I, like what? after that, his shows. He's sitting there b- trying to show up on videos of fighting kids. And Even before that, I'm talking about his comedy. Yeah, his comedy. Even before he went fucking yeah. nuts outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about his actual comedy. Like after no, that, went, after that, like, after that the great special, it went. It was he over. was basically preaching on stage. Yeah, exactly. It was no longer a yeah. joke. There was no structure. It was here's what I just preaching. There was no fucking punchline. Like, this is what I think. Y'all don't like it. Live your motherfucking you suck life. Suck my dick. So now, yeah, he fucked up. So think about this. We watched. <laughs> we watched this over twenty years later after the after Delirious first came out, and it was Eddie Murphy's first fucking uh, first stand up. And we fucking died. We would literally be holding our fucking guts, laughing. That's something that holds up. That yeah. shows you that this fucking... Because j- he's referencing Stevie Wonder. He's mm-hmm. referencing fucking shit that... that sh- it was in the 80s. He's representing <laughs> Michael Wonder Jackson. Man. Dude, I know. He's... he's, he's like, yeah, shut the fuck up. Hey, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, you, you, you play piano, that's fine. You want to impress me, take the wheel, motherfucker. <laughs> like, dude, that... Dude, that fucking... He's dude. all like... Yeah. No, even you guys just you know, you gotta, it. It's you gotta so tell funny. Stevie Wonder to shut up because he'll just ramble on. Oh yeah, you know? he'll just <laughs> ramble on. <laughs> nah, man, I'm getting a lot of fucking flack for telling these fucking jokes about you, Stevie. I can't, I can't do these Stevie Wonder jokes anymore. Uh, Eddie, I think, I really think your comedy. You should just, just you know, shut the fuck up, Stevie. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's so and. For us, for it can be. Think about it. it was 20, 24 years after that fucking show came out. After that stand-up, and like like Andy said, when he first came out, when he first comes out, and people are like, "Yeah, those old eighties fucking old ass box cameras." Yeah, he's talking about taking it. Pictures, like, hey, let me see, your, let me see it. And then he's all like, "Let me take a picture." All right, I'll take one picture. And then he starts taking like twenty of the whole crowd, and he's like, "Hey, look at him. He's getting mad. I'm using a ball's film." Hey man, I said one fucking picture. <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna take a picture of my dick real quick. <laughs> Dude. And that was off the cuff right there. Fucking hilarious. And that people don't understand. Like, people know Eddie Murphy now. Most people. People know fucking the nutty professor. Yeah, yeah. Know, and Dr. Nice. Doolittle. So when they when they see a young Eddie Murphy, like a stand-up, say they see the stand-up DVD, they're not gonna think they're not gonna think at all to buy it. They're like, oh well, no, the Eddie Murphy I know is he's a comedic actor. He makes family. He's a comedic family actor. Comedies. He's not a comedian. That's what they think. That's he's the comedic worst thing actor. Is he makes he started making in the nineties, he started making family comedies, and that's not who Eddie was. One of the reasons why Eddie B got so big was because he was incredibly edgy. He didn't. Hey, he had fuck. to cash in. Come yeah. on, come he's on. Who's not well, gonna no, cash in? Fun. You gotta cash in. But that's fine. As, but as, as but like, he gets like, judged. That's, that's like, the problem. That's like the curse of every great edgy comic is they end up having to do family comedies because like their kids huh. can't watch their shit. So like, like fucking Steve Martin is such a tragic. Kevin, Kevin, Man, Kevin that a little Martin. bit. But listen, so he pigeonholes himself in the nineties. He fucking pigeonholed himself. People only know him as the Nutty Professor. Only, These other things. Only watch. Eddie Murphy thing if it says made in 1980 something. Yeah, 80 something. Yeah. All his movies, like coming to America. Oh, dude. Trading places. So man. Fuck you. you Both of those places are coming to America. You can go fuck yourself. Beverly Hills Cop one and two. Yeah, I one said two. And two. And two. One and two. Even number two. And two is stretching, but it's some money because of Eddie. <laughs> but so he pigeonholes himself. Really one is such a good. It's so good. The ragtag yeah. cop. Oh, dude, great. Like, I feel like that was like the originator of the ragtag. Even though it wasn't, like that was the best one at the time. Like, that's so, good. so even though he pigeonholes himself, 
it, people, he gets that's he gets flagged because he's like that's how he's looked at. So I'm telling you guys right now, if you don't, if you've never seen Eddie Murphy's Delirious or Eddie Murphy's fucking Raw, and you only, if you just if you just look at him like a comedic actor, just like Steve Martin, you need to, it, oh, there was uh, someone yeah. I was trying to pull up and it was. You need to go sorry. back. Bob Saget didn't. It wasn't like, oh, but he, he got pulled into the fucking well, same type early thing. though. Early, yeah, he hella did. quick. It wasn't like he made a career out of being this thing. And then, but he was really. It he wasn't. Was, it wasn't late. Full in his House career. made his career. Okay. Yeah. Full I'll House. He was I'll like fucking thirty. That's, that's that. why it was so shocking to find out that Bob Saget is one of the most darkest comedians to ever yeah. live. Fucking at least brutal wise. His rose. new stuff is fucking funny because he's talking shit on Full House. Oh, that's so amazing. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Thank you for giving us that. <laughs> fuck that show. Fuck Fuller House. And fuck all you nostalgic ridden stupid motherfuckers <laughs> who are out here asking for sequel fucking series to Boy Meets World and fucking Full House. Like, you don't need a sequel series. It was a thing. It happened. Go back and rewatch it. Get over it, and man. You'll realize, Get over it. You'll realize that it came to a conclusion. It's over. And that it really wasn't as good as you fucking yeah, remember. Nostalgia is a hell of a fucking drug. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Crazy. It makes you do some dumb shit. So we love Eddie Murphy uh, as he was then. Not, not, no, I'm just saying. He's, uh, he's incredible. <laughs> oh, name another comic. If you get a, ch- yeah. if you get a <laughs> chance, go you see Raw. You saw his whole thing. It was both of ours because that's one of mine. I had to fucking yeah, do. No, no, do you have no, anything no. else? Yo, he was one good. of mine. So. Of course, Tom Segura. Uh, oh, I haven't even Tom mentioned him yet, so cool. and he's my fucking favorite. It's Big Tom. He's my mama bear because it's uh-huh. your mom's house, and he's considered a mama and all this good stuff. And Tom Segura is one of my favorite comedians because I feel that if I was able to do stand-up, I would be the reincarnation of Tom. Like, I just feel... <laughs> That I have so yeah. many similarities. Like I just, I just, I'm just, I'm drawn to his energy. I just love how he approaches the subjects. He builds stories out of them, and he usually is using real life shit. Like everything that's come on your mom's house has been real life. There's this thing called the Cincinnati fart, and that's when his wife Christina, they were in a hotel room. They were both doing a comedy show in Cincinnati, and he was. In the bathroom, pissing, and his wife ripped out a fart that he swear he could hear down the fucking hall. Uh, it was this huge fucking thing, and he gave it like a grade, and then he came up with the fart scale. And now like our beast fart scale. <laughs> <laughs> like we have the beast scale. She's over here shitting fives. Exactly. <laughs> but his stand-ups are all stories that are built off of his real life experiences, and he's and, all, and he, he plays it really calm, which I really it's like. Calm, like, he does like he's not this high energy. Run he doesn't around. do the Sam Kinison thing. He's a bigger road, guy, and usually most really people guys are very he's loud, like loud in your face type of comic. So it's yeah, good. That he's like he's the antithesis of a Dane Cook in that he doesn't run around the stage being super animated, but all he has to do is kind of stand there and he tells these stories, and his delivery is what fucking sells those punchlines so much harder. They'd be funny jokes if anyone told him because he's a great writer, but his delivery is absolutely fantastic. It's like so, like, like he'll, he'll do a delivery and then sometimes you won't get it because it's so subtle. Like, his delivery is so <laughs> subtle. It's like, yeah. It's like a joke. Yeah, that, it's, it's a joke, guys. It's like a joke that catches like you a little while like, fucking later. Like, like, he's just, and it's not that it's not funny. It's just the way that he's delivering it. You're Dude, like, you're calm. Yeah. yeah. Suck <laughs> is one of the best. I, I, I didn't even Suck. discover. Like best. 30-second bits ever. <laughs> His Mike Tyson bit is amazing. Oh, and Mike Tyson oh, on a plane. All this I didn't discover him until I started... Uh, I found out that um, Pandora had... Con- uh, That's how comedians I discovered on there. <laughs> oh, I had comedians on there, and I put in Jim Jeffries or something, one of my favorites, and he kept showing up, and his and you shit know was so fucking funny. How like, he's gotten his exposure, and Burt 
Kreischer has said this. Joe has said this. Uh, Christina Pajinski has said this. Joey Diaz has said this. Like, that whole little crew yeah. has all said this. Ari, you know how he got it? He was one of the first ones to go and sign with Netflix. Not Showtime, not HBO. His special is one of the first specials that came out and on Netflix. And everyone followed fucking foot, dude. Like, and they all followed showed foot, up and there. And that's, that's what... Too? You follow oh. Susanna. Uh, I, mean, I, I feel like both can work. Fucking, but, fucking uh, Stevie making shit up. Dude, I make up everything. I say uh, everything uh, is made up. You always give me shit for making things up that are real things that I've heard. Yeah, and it's funny because they're real, but I don't know what they mean. So it's <laughs> I'd say they're made up. If I don't know what it means, it doesn't exist. It's oh, not a thing. <laughs> so fuck you. Follow a fucking dick, Adney. <laughs> not made That's up. That's a thing. That's, a, That's thing. a new thing. If you fucked a girl after your boy did, you followed dick. You <laughs> followed dick, bro. Followed, so Eskimo's Brothers goes completely oh, out the window. Oh, fuck Eskimo Brothers. Dick. That's old school, no, right? Eskimo Brothers. Oh, so before we're trying to unify everyone. That's if you everyone. don't know. That's if you don't know. It's like, oh, wait. Uh, okay. Oh, wait. We both fucked that chick? Eskimo Brothers. But if you, like, right after, like, this boy, like, your boy dumps a girl, and then you immediately jump on her like a douchebag, you follow dick. Dude, if you knew oh about it, gosh. if you knew your boy was seeing a girl, and you know that you he heard it here, I hope you didn't skip you this segment. Because if you did, you're fucked on future jokes. Yes. You're fucked. Hey, we have fucking, uh, God damn it, what's the one we created with movies? Fucking, um, uh, Dick Off's Gun, or what is it? <laughs> Was that what if I there's a dick in your movie, that dick needs to bust. <laughs> all right? And now we got follow dick. All right? If you check off dick, I thought it was check off's dick, right? Or something like that. Or it wasn't dick off's gun. It was like check like off's cock. Gun, we said something good. like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. I don't remember either now. Oh, man. We I don't just... listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. But we've created some shit on here, but that's a good one. Follow dick. You follow dick. <laughs> that's that's a bitch move. Hoof loofas. They just Dr. broke Lester. up. Hoof loofas no, following dick. They just broke up, and you're gonna follow dick, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna start with the one that's not necessarily. Um, I'm not. On, he's not on my top top, but he is to me one of your favorites. That's the thing. Yeah, in, doesn't have to be what you think is the best, but what, he's your favorite. He one in, your inspired me, influenced me, like fucking almost no other. He like DC. really is. No, not DC. I'm SL? gonna talk. Stephen Lynch. <laughs> I knew it on second try. Yeah, I'm gonna do Stephen Lynch. I feel he like that's cheating. Is, how is that cheating? What? Because I would have said some like comedic writer. It's favorites, as well. right? No, it's yeah, favorites. He's, like, he's a he's a comedian. Are you kidding? Yeah, no, like like I no, 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 no. Listen, no, listen. Uh, that's how he's stand up comedy. I could have brought up Goldwater as well, but I feel like he's more along the lines. Dude, of Dude, no, like, that's, that's different. different. He's, that's he's different. A, he doesn't do stand up shows. He did though. He did. He started as a stand up. Isn't that what you're saying? Stephen Lynch doesn't do anything besides stand up. That's all he does. He doesn't write shows, but he writes books. No, he doesn't. What? What are you thinking? What are you saying? Stephen Lynch. I thought he was an author. No. Okay, well, apparently, I don't know who Stephen Lynch is, no, so educate a, me. He's a, he's... Apparently, he's, I don't, because I thought Stephen Lynch, okay, I'll literally, you, I, I thought he was an author. Okay, listen, I thought he was an author. Okay, no. okay. Listen, okay. he writes comedy songs and plays live music and sings all his comedy songs. Okay. He's, so he's like Bo Burnham. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah, Bo Burnham. Yeah, yeah. But Bo, like, but Stephen Lynch just plays comedy songs and like riffs off of people, but it's mainly, he plays an album all the way through. He's a musician, but he's... He used to be. He used to be on fucking Opie and Anthony. He's the reason. This is so crazy because you've brought up Stephen Lynch before, and I've always nodded in my head because like, I thought that I knew who <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole time, I thought I knew who he was, and I clearly don't. That's so he's, fucking crazy. He's the reason that I started writing comedy. He writes songs. Com- so he's like a Wheeler Walker type guy. Because Wheeler Walker writes. Yeah, I remember like we were like fifteen or something like that when we. 
15 or 14 when we first found out about Stephen Lynch on Comedy Lynch. Central on his uh, 30 minute special. I have no idea who Stephen Lynch And Stevie was just. Watch this guy. That's crazy, man. You brought him okay, up. Okay, you got before. So Okay, I'm sorry. Stevie, I'm just, like, <laughs> this is a realization for me, and it's hard, okay? I'm yeah. sorry. And like, that's the thing is, like, Stevie had just learned how to play guitar. We heard these songs, and he was just like, I have to learn how to play some of these songs and actually started learning them and that's like that's why he's saying it's such a huge influence because it really okay. was I used to play them everywhere when we'd go camping everything like that I would literally just play a bunch of Stephen Lynch so wait, songs. That's like, later, he's like I need to write my own what's shit what's that genre is it's that a comedy genre? it's still comedy it's so it's just considered comedy songs yeah, it's musical yeah, comedy same as Bo Burnham or uh Fucking Tim Minchin. Dimitri Martin plays music. Bo, uh, fucking Mike Rabiblia plays fucking music. There's another uh, chubby guy I've that's really funny. I've never I can't remember he's on. He's stuff. been on Burt Cry. Well, this uh, is Burt a whole comedy vein that I haven't plays got. Piano, once plays piano. Okay, for instance, that's uh, Tim Minchin. Tim Minchin's a fucking comedian, but he plays music and writes comedy songs. Man. Uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? Rodney Carrington. That's R- the one I was trying Rodney to Rodney Carrington's oh, another one. I haven't watched any They're of still yet. stand-up comedians. They still do, but they're doing it in music form. Hmm. So, Stephen Lynch, the reason Man, I chose Bo's him. Bo's the only one that I saw doing that. I didn't realize that, like, there's this whole Oh, there's lineage. a whole genre. He's not original. Bo, Bo Burnham's still good. He's one of the youngest comedians of all time, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but. He, like, yeah. He was in, he's he not was the definitely first one influenced. To do, he's not the first one to do Musical I'm so yeah, excited yeah, yeah. right now. I'm so by, excited. By a long stretch. Well, look at look even fucking Dice Clay did fucking poems. He did fucking uh, nursery rhymes. That's how we yeah. got to start. Hickory dickory dock. This bitch was sucking my cock. I laid it to rest on that hooker's chest and patted her face on my cock. <laughs> We're like hickory dickory dock. This bitch was sucking my clock. The clock struck two. I dropped my goo and dropped her at the end of the block. <laughs> or what about um. Fucking old Mother Hubbard went to her cupboard to give her old dog a bone. When she bent over, old Rover took over and gave her a bone of his own. Mm-hmm. Oh! Oh! <laughs> this makes sense why We're I gonna wasn't go to the mall! No! <laughs> so now... That's Patrice O'Neill. That, oh, that kind of started at least the mainstream... Because stand-up before... It was just... It was stand-up. It was it talking. It, it, it's like... No, keep going. It didn't keep start going. it, but it kind of like set the groundwork for... Uh, co- musical comedy. I mean, okay. Dice Clay wasn't the first, but it's still like that's where I can trace it back to. At least that's my comedic expiration date for musical comedy. I mean, it I all feel started. Like Chaplin well, was no. musical comedy. Yeah, no, well, you can. That's that's movies. Like, that's where my nah, that's movies. Cinematic. But okay, so listen. So Stephen Lynch, he plays comedy songs. Okay. He was the inspiration for me to write my own comedy songs. The reason I play comedy songs, I'm like making people laugh. His songs it's, are still funny. His songs I are fucked still up. Funny. I fucked They're up so hardcore good. right now. That's why I keep bringing it up. Hey, Cause I fucked up. I'm gonna send you, you keep bringing listen, up Stephen Lynch. I'm gonna send multiple you multiple episodes, and I stay here like, yeah, I know who Stephen Lynch is. Chris, listen. I just assumed I'm a piece of shit. I'm gonna send you his first 30 minute special on Comedy Central. It is fucking incredible. Right, it still cool. holds up. It's phenomenal. Some songs are That's not that great. That's funny because I'm not fond of like musical comedy because I kind of hate Burnham. Bo. Bo Burnham. Well, Bo Burnham is very weird. He has a very alternative style of comedy and sometimes he just loses his audience, a lot of his audience. Even his audience he loses? Yeah, you will you can tell in this, it, when you watch the oh, specials, Burnham, not you can Steven feel Lynch. the crowd pull away hmm. during certain bits, but he is a bit of a fucking genius. He does have a cer- couple oh, of dude. songs, a couple of bits. No, the country bits are fucking amazing. Before that. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, that one is, in, just, is brilliant, but there's also a couple other ones that are so well thought out and brilliant. But He's he does, very smart. But he, he gets weird, and it's easy for you to break away from him. Hmm. 
He doesn't. He only. He has a. Did he hook you guys? No, you I definitely him? not when I first heard. It. When I first saw him, my day, I was like, eh. But when I went back, like a while, like I'm gonna, couple, I'm gonna go like, back. Now. Like a couple like of I'm years gonna... later, and heard his second special, I was like, mm. this guy's a fucking genius. Yeah, and that's mm. Bo. One of my favorite lines from Bo. I'm gonna tell you a line from him. He goes, "By my ex, she had this weird fucking fetish. She used to like to dress up like herself and act like a total fucking bitch all the time." And that, to me, was, is, at least when I heard it, it was incredible. But now, so, yeah, Bo Burnham definitely loses audience a little bit because it's, it's, he's a pretty smart kid. Yeah. Stephen Lynch, you connect so much with, he writes, it's goofy, so, it's goofy comedy. It's not like he tries to, like, be the most intelligent person in the room. He writes shit that you relate to, and it's fucking phenomenal, hilarious. I'm going to go ahead and send you his 30-minute special. So, um, so that's, that's one of them. Um, I'm going to also name, uh, so... Bill Burr. Man, every time you said Stephen Link, I, I I just imagine that he was older, like gray hair, smoking a cigarette. No. Like, I just had this impression of someone. I'm gonna break it down like from my best to my worst. So Eddie Murphy be number five. Um, Stephen Lynch number uh fucking uh four. Now Bill Burr. Bill Burr is my number three. Okay, I fucking I absolutely love Bill Burr. We just talked about him. What makes Bill Burr so great? Like Adney said, we he's. He's something, he's a Bostonian or whatever, what the fuck they call him. Bostonian. But um, he's just naturally funny off the cuff. He's one of the most naturally funny comics in the fucking world. Like, I don't know how someone could do a podcast by himself and be that fucking, <laughs> and hold up for that long. He hates everybody. Like, it's, that's why I kind of love him too. It's like, oh, he, so he's, he says what you're, what you're thinking. You know, stupid thing like that. But um, Bill is, he's, he he gives himself some self-afflicting wounds all the time. Like he constantly talks shit on himself. He, he totally. I honestly he, think his podcast is better for his comedy. Yeah. He, well, he that's how he, he builds up his uh, he builds up his hour by making jokes on his podcast. And I love that he refers to himself in the third person, like Chris used to do on the first couple episodes. <laughs> um, he hasn't done really much anymore. But Bill totally like has. He almost has like a split personality in his comedy, especially in his podcast. He riffs on himself while he's doing stand-up. I feel like that's really good. It's almost like uh, Jim Gaffigan trying to do a Bill Burr-esque type of comedy show because he's like he breaks out of his own character. He breaks out of normality and like goes into this other realm of like he's he's a part of the audience member and he's talking shit to himself. But Bill Burr does it in a different way. He's like it, it's like. It's his alter ego standing next to him, yeah. talking shit to him like, "Bill, you're a fucking douchebag." Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it, that's completely original. Like no one really does that, and it's fucking great. I like the, I, the fact He's that great Bill at interacting with the voices in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, like he is, and he does a really good job of. Acknowledging the fact that he's he's he calls himself a moron. He acknowledges that he's not the smartest guy. He doesn't have the smartest opinions, and he plays that. He plays that more yeah. every man. He doesn't hit you over the head with the fact like he's not like the blue collar comedy tour where he's like, no, I'm just I'm just a southern guy. Like, I'm super like laid back, just like you. He's just like, you nah, they pander. Pander. that's yeah. pandering, dude. They yeah, pander yeah. super hard. He does not pander. He just he's. He's not. He's like, yeah, I'm just the fucking guy. Like, I'm like, hey, why does anybody like hey, me? I don't even know. He's like, like he, he always says like, hey, you know, um, I heard this at a, I heard the over, I overheard this at a bar, so you know it's true. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's saying shit like that, and like let you know, like, look, this, I'm just one fucking jackass. These are my stupid fucking opinions, and like that's. And it's, why do you listen to me? Why, why do you guys even listen to this podcast? Like, I love and that because he's, he has ADD, he rambles on a lot, and, and then he, he forgets all oh, crazy forgets fucking. Uh, and because of his hatred, he goes on one hateful rant about people, and that leads to another hateful rant. That's how his like stand up goes a lot. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, it's all, fu- it's all fucking stupid." It's all fucking stu- like, 
And um, so yeah, Bill. Burr, and of course, we, he's not afraid to seem the, like the most sexist guy ever. Yeah, he's not that's afraid of something. It. And I, everyone I, seems he's like he's I love it because that, that way I don't fuck. I, I can never fuck around with my wife because the option's not open. Yeah. <laughs> that's because I fuck myself by talking shit to women, which <laughs> most people think he's racist as well. But he married his wife is black. Like she is fucking. She's darkness. Like God she's damn, dark. she's beautiful. But I feel like I love it that she has like on the podcast, for instance, when uh. He asked her a question. He's like, I need, I need to get in here. He had this email, and he asked her the same question. She goes, oh, that's a rough one. <laughs> she, she quotes her husband, and I feel like she yeah, like, is like, the only girl in the history in, of the world that would ever be billing her. They, dude, he found the perfect girl. Like, no, that is, no, no, that happens a lot. Like, like every girl that I've ever dated has picked up my mannerisms. No, for, well, like, any girl like that, but still, like, Bill is a hard person to, like, for people to like or to get along. I know a lot of females who are like, oh, I don't like him. He sucks and stuff like that. But the fact that Nia, you would think, like, as a black, strong black female, she would be that kind of person, like, like, no, fuck this guy, piece of shit. But I think it's their dynamic together, dude. When she no, comes it's on, it's incredible, and I love that people write him and ask her, "Can I bring me in here? Can you bring me in here for this?" <laughs> I love it. Um, but that's Bill Burr. Now my number, uh, my number two, because Eddie Murphy was number five. It's gonna be Dave fucking Chappelle. Okay, Dave uh, Chappelle will stand the test of time, oh, in my opinion. At his so. stand up, dude, killing him softly. I if you haven't oh, seen this four, it's still funny, dude. If you haven't seen Killing Him Softly, you need to unfuck that right now. <laughs> like you seriously <laughs> need to go look it up and fucking watch it. You might be a fan of like most people. They learned who Dave Chappelle was because of uh, the Chappelle Show, which. For instance, the just greatest so you, sketch show of all time. Just, it is. Yeah, just so you know who Dave Chappelle is with, from that sketch show, Comedy Central has been trying for fucking over 10 years to repeat the Chappelle show. They have failed. They have created so many shows. Sketch shows. Yeah, sketch shows. They've given every comic there is a sketch show. And they, it just can't be your Nobody, and that's the best part is... Well, I mean, to be honest, and I'm not saying it's on the same caliber, because that's not what I'm saying, but it is in season four now, and Amy Schumer does have this show that has oh, been going. Dude, it, I'm just saying. I can understand I'm that. Just a saying. lot of people, yeah, but... They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, it's yeah, not yeah. the same. It's not the same by any means. Sketch shows that haven't necessarily failed. But it's, they've gotten it's morphed. It's morphed. Like the whole reality, they, there's like that show has gotten success, it's gotten but not success. the crossover That's appeal that a Chappelle show has had. Exactly, not the level of uh, brilliance or like the, the level people of comedy. Are it. They're the making me not even the same Dude, thing. I just he said, yeah, yeah. Comedy, I don't see. I'm, I don't listen. I'm a piece of shit. I don't see Amy Schumer fucking memes. I still see Chappelle show memes. That show fucking stopped in the early two thousands. Stopped, and you still see one hundred percent Chappelle memes constantly. That show will always and. Not only that, but think about it now. Amy Schumer show, say it started 2013, right? Something like that, 2012. That's fine. What Dave Chappelle was doing in the early 2000s was off the fucking scale. Like, whoa, you can't, the black, you can't do white this. The supremacist. Oh, my That's God, so dude. crazy. I didn't even think How He even came out of left corner. I feel like a piece of that, shit because dude, I didn't even think of it. Dude, he... I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, because we look at it now oh, in, like, 2016... We look at it now in 2016 like, okay, we're comfortable with this now. Like, this is funny. This is great. But if you think back to the time of 2004, I think it came out in 2002, the original, like the first, I'm not sure if the first one came out in 2002, but think about that. Like South Park kind of like, that's where it kind of set the bar. Like, oh, people, oh, this is crazy. There, there's something different. But then Chappelle show came out, touched on, it is, touched I mean, on race. Both of those shows Dude, are what made com what were, Comedy yeah, Central is People today. were so scared to touch on race. And then Dave Chappelle went 
completely over fucking board with it. And he did it in such a brilliant fucking way that Comedy Central to this day are still trying to find a show that fucking holds up to it and they can't because there will never be a sketch comedy show that will ever hold up to Chappelle show. But I'm not even going on Chappelle show. If you see, if you just watch Killing Him Softly, he has a, or even before that, he has a 30 minute Comedy Central special that is fucking incredible. I was good. gonna pick it Half is, Baked for my comedy movie. Dude, even before, like, which I love Half Baked, but even before Half Baked, Dude, this little 30-minute special is so fucking funny. He talks about, you shouldn't do drugs until you're old. Like, remember the whole old thing? Like, that old man is tripping. (laughs) (laughs) The first episode came out in January 2003. Oh, 2003, so we were in the middle of it. Um, can you, What was the other day? So there was uh, Killing Him Softly, and then there was the second one where he's in San Francisco and he grows out the beard. It's like, those balls are as smooth as eggs. Yeah, it was after, after the Chappelle show Do you remember what it was called? Um, no. It's like, also like he also he's still doing comedy he's still touring but he's keeping to sh- smaller rooms. The tragedy of Dave Chappelle is that the show was such a breakout hit right. that you had a, f- a bunch of fucking frat boys and douchebags who all they would just scream at him, "I'm rich, bitch! I'm rich, bitch!" Just yelling these fucking catchphrases at him. He just got so sick of it. And of course, Comedy Central pressuring him to do certain things with his show. That's why he quit the show. Uh, like the fuck, like the business was gonna drive him crazy, and he knew that. That's why he left. Him leaving wasn't crazy. It was a very sane thing to do. And, it, and then when he came back, and that's all he got when he would try to do a show is these assholes yelling things at him and not listening to his comedy. So he stopped doing big specials. He stopped doing big tours. Now he's just slowly started to get back into doing very small rooms, and he doesn't film it at all. You have to go on YouTube and find like gorilla videotape of any of his new stuff. And uh, even and it's, now, and it's every time he great. goes into like. Laughing Factory or oh, does, Comedy Special, Helium, he makes people take out their phones. And he's like, no, no one's allowed to. Uh, yeah, and also. Like, he doesn't even say that what, anymore. Dave Chappelle is one of the funniest motherfuckers to ever live. Agreed. He kills it. And black comedy, or black comedian wise, he's the best black comic. Any com- comedian wise, he's top three, hands down. I fucking love, like, even, like, what's his name? But there's all comics always get told, oh, you're the best. And, like, I felt like it was really cool with Cat Williams because Cat Williams was literally asked, like, basically, you know, what's it like to be the funniest comedian alive or something like that? He goes, oh, what? Dave Chappelle's still alive. Like, I love <laughs> that all the black comics, that's what they strive for. That's their bar. And then my number one, of course, is going to be Jim fucking Jeffries. You guys already knew this. You can peg it down to a number one. Yes, Jim Jeffries is my number one. My number one favorite. Man, it's like your brain works differently than I mine can. does. Yeah, I can't I, My number one. I... It's, I, I <sighs> I relate more with Jim Jeffries' stand-up than any other comedian that I've ever listened to. Just, like, his style of storytelling. I've never laughed harder. I've never wanted to the remember. The fact that he's an atheist as well. The fact no, that it's not that. It's, well, well, I mean, that's on, part that's of it. Bit, that's a part of it. But That's how I got him to start listening to Jim Jeffries. Yeah, Jeffrey, but listen. <laughs> yeah, Wait, hold on. So, he, no, listen. You just yes, so, so, so listen. Now, like I said... I laugh. I've laughed harder. I've wanted to memorize his bits more than any other comedian. Well, Dane Cook too. Dane, like original Dane Cook. But Jim Jeffries, I didn't even know who the fuck he was. Adney, I used to drive down to Sacramento visit Adney. We fucking hang out all night. We drink and have a good time. And I was like, dude, you gotta check out this comedian. He turned it on because he thought it was a fucking boxing documentary. <laughs> we'll explain. Uh, uh, Jim Jeffries is a very old, very racist former heavyweight boxing champion who actually retired undefeated as the heavyweight champion. And then champion started doing comedy. <laughs> 100 years later. Uh, but um, 
he retired undefeated, and then, you know, and then uh, Jack Johnson became the first black heavyweight champion of the world, and Jim Jeff Jim Jeffries famously came back and said, I will win the heavyweight title back for the white race. And that fight, the original fight of the century, which caused several race wars and many, many deaths, happened here in Reno. But anyways, when I saw that name, Jim Jeffries, on the menu, I was like, is that a fucking documentary about him? So I clicked on yeah. it immediately. Because I was racist. It was some, <laughs> find out it was some uh, pudgy comedian uh, with an Australian accent. And I was like, oh, it's a comedian. All right, I'm going to check this out. And then he ended up being, it was, uh, I think it was. Um, it was, swear to God. Yeah, oh, no, Fully so- Functional. Nope, it was Fully Functional because you started recording it partway in. Fully Functional was the first one I saw, and it was his special that came out, I think, four or five years ago. Yeah, and uh, It was yeah. his actually third recorded special. I remember, special. Like, uh, like, just burned in my memory when he, the first time hearing his bit about uh, taking his friend with muscular dystrophy to a prostitute, even though he knew it could probably kill his friend. But that, oh, and, uh, that was Alcoholic House, so maybe it was that one. Alcoholic. Alcoholicost, sorry. Ah. <laughs> no, that's where I got the alcoholicost. So maybe that's was that the one. It might have been the first one. I then like the first one I recorded was different. But uh, yeah, I remember yeah. that was the first bit. Like, you... yeah, that was the, the first special I saw was him telling that bit about taking his friend to a whorehouse in Australia called the fucking Daily Planet, and uh, that uh, that bit is just uh, one of the all time. He's I, I fell in love with him. He's my favorite comedian. I, he I. And I, what's the best part? I got to fucking meet him, and it was incredible. Legit's funny, man. Yeah, I'm surprised that it got canceled. Especially second bomb. season. Yeah. Yeah. So, second season got better. Uh, we. Oh, by the way, Addy and I got to meet Bill Burr. If you guys didn't know, I mean, it was cool. It was awesome. Um, this is a while back. <laughs> I was like, I was wearing my all red you suit. You guys are such he's like, pieces hey, man, of shit, right killing now. Killing it with that pocket square. <laughs> yeah, and what's like we we've always said like not be, even the it'd last be so time. Cool. Like we literally just saw Bill Burr. Uh, what? What? I'm be, talking to the mic, like, bro. No, it'd be so cool. We always say like it'd be fun to make be made fun of by your favorite people south park for instance like it's an honor to be made fun of dane cook said that it's an honor to be made fun of jim jeffries when i met him talk shit to me and i was like dude incredible got some picture with him so that's my number one favorite comedian uh jim jeffries check him out if you haven't seen him please and add me uh, go ahead uh, i'm gonna bring up the first comedian i'm gonna talk about of course i have no discernible order but i'm gonna talk about tom lair who uh you talk- <laughs> You talked about musical comedians and early musical comedians, and uh, this guy fucking hit it big in like the '60s. Shit, I don't even. Yeah, know like there's a foot. There's like the best. I have no idea who Tom Lehrer is. It's L E H. Wait, yeah, L E H R E R. Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, right. Uh, so, um, he's a singer, songwriter, satirist, pianist, and mathematician. That's what's really fascinating. Mathematician? Is, yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, a brilliant mathematician who decided to get into comedy. And uh, for like throughout the city, like a lot of, like, mo- like almost all the footage you're going to find of him black uh, is, is black and white. But there is, like, he's, he retired early. He's like, yeah, I had an album. It was fun. I'm going to be done. And he went back. I think he went to teaching. For, he was te- teaching for a long time. And then uh, he taught one class, and they find a side he was going to do an old one of his old songs. And brought out the piano and it's like this now it's like him all old and he's singing one of his one of his old songs oh. it's fascinating but um his song like i found him on uh pandora like oh, i think you told me about him actually you told yeah. me to look up his fucking old shit i think i looked up uh tim Minchin or bo burn one of those guys and of course it also plays related uh people and when people was this guy named tom lair and he had like short a little bit shorter songs and they were hella funny i was like who the fuck is this guy he had a bit of an accent it's like who is this guy and then i found out i was like 
wait a minute, this guy's from the fucking 60s? That's like, so he had, I had no fucking idea because of how well his material held up. I think that really speaks volumes about the quality definitely, definitely. of the songs that he sings and how funny they are. That 60s, that holds up couldn't the most. Tell. Like, it's fucking crazy, dude. That's nuts. Yeah, and like they're all, it's all him playing the piano and then like... Um, one of his, uh, like, he has, like, that song, New Man. I want to punch Tim Minchin in the face. I love Tim Why? Minchin. Look at him. Oh, because of the way he looks? Oh, yeah. dude. Because of the way he looks. I haven't, I've never heard of Tim Minchin. Oh, so you guys dude. mentioned Tim Minchin. I look we've up taught, Tim we've Minchin. We've told you about him. And we've, is, we've played you songs. You just don't remember. Cause trust you don't me. Once you hear his shit. You're right. You don't. That's where you Once you hear his stuff. Song. You don't give a fuck about the way he looks. I, Watch yeah. Californication season six, homeboy. That's <laughs> where he's familiar from. Anyways, uh, Tom Larry, he wrote like, one song, like it's called New Math, where he's making fun of the new way they're trying to do mathematics. He, and like, what's funny is like all of his openings to his songs are hilarious. Him explaining why he wrote this song, everything is always funny. He wrote a song about uh, uh, Dr. Werner von Braun. He wrote a song about is it about Nazis? Yeah, it's <laughs> about him so, being a Nazi. That's so. <laughs> he's like everyone funny. about like everyone's all everyone's like basically saying everyone's up this guy's ass. But he's an he's a, like a Nazi apologist. Like he still doesn't like Jewish people. He's a fucking monster. <laughs> he's a Nazi. Everyone likes Henry Ford. He's a fucking Nazi. <laughs> like and um like that's and so he made a song about that. He wrote like a, it's not it doesn't have like a huge library, but every one of his songs is really hilarious. And he even had one where it's all the song is is naming off every element in the periodic uh, table of elements. That's all the song is, just naming them all off. And it's fucking funny still. <laughs> and fucking the Big Bang Theory copied it, and they tried to have What's-His-Fuck do it. And it was like, oh, you motherfuckers, how dare you? I love that you know, because you would you'd probably be the only person in the history of that show that's like, oh, oh my God, it's Tom! <laughs> <laughs> and because like, he introduces it, and then he sings the song, and then it, like in the middle of, while well, he, because like, he names them off hella fast, and he'll stop it and then like quick do a quick little funny that line. That ruins that's the comedy. Wait, or the Tom actually does not really fast? Tom. Oh, okay. He does not okay. really fast. And then he goes, because it's a lot of fucking things. Yeah, And then is. he'll stop and say something quick, kind of quick and funny and then go back right into it. But uh, Tom Lair, another one, another, a second one. I don't, I don't have a fucking order. Number six, eight, three, five, one. <laughs> go ahead, Adney. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit. Doug Stanhope. I knew you were going to. I fucking knew Doug's it. on my underrated I was, list. Me too. He's, He's on my underrated uh, list as well. He, like, people need to know about <laughs> Doug Stanhope. <laughs> He's not good. I think he's brilliant in his depression. Uh, he has, like, a lot of his bits are very like dark. dark, not like not necessarily like I'm gonna talk about really fucked up shit, and I'm gonna say the most not outrageous. Like Bill Hicks. Not no. like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the most outrageous thing ever. It's no, I'm gonna bring you into a sad place. I'm gonna bring you into my life, a life of alcoholism, of drug abuse, and hooker buying, cigarettes abuse, and just being, compl- and it's gonna be very fucking sad. Blown by but at the end, <laughs> but at the end of these few minutes, at the end of these t- of this two three minute setup of just dragging you through the mud, I'm going to make you laugh, and you're going to burst the fuck out, and you're gonna love every fucking minute of my entire special. I think Doug Stanhope is absolutely fucking brilliant. So do I, I agree. I, I agree fucking completely. love Stanhope, and just to be clear, like that's not all he does either. Just to because it's not just all the sad parts. Like he does do some like more upbeat, silly, like making fun of like what's going on right now. And like he has one great bit about how I fuck. What sucks as a comedian is that you'll make a 
there'll be something happening, and you'll make a joke about it, and you'll do a bait, like, I solved that problem, and then fucking five months later, they're still talking about it on the news, and you're just like, I solved that in a bit. <laughs> Why weren't you paying attention? I did it already. And he, But he has, like, this other one. Oh, my God, it's fucking brilliant, where he goes, <laughs> he starts off and he goes, like, you know, sometimes I'll take a, I'll take two X lax and I'll take two Xanax and I'll play chicken with myself. <laughs> I'll take two Xanax and I'll take two X lax and I'll play chicken with myself. I play chicken with myself. I play chicken with myself. I take two X lax and I take two Xanax and I play chicken with myself. I'm just trying to ch- show you guys how lazy songwriters are. <laughs> <laughs> Like, fuck these overrated, these fucking pampered bullshit artists. They have no fucking talent. They say they got two, three, four, five fucking sentences throughout the whole fucking song. Then they repeat themselves over and over again. They got all these accolades and awards. Everyone fucking loves them because they got someone shaking their ass while they're singing it. I got an hour to do, and no word can be duplicated, and everything has to sort of fit and go together and have one direct thesis. This is bullshit. <laughs> Fuck songwriters. <laughs> so great. Dude, so it's good. fucking hilarious. It's so on point because he's so funny. Hey, one right. of the funniest, like, one of the funniest I think that's fucking special. Podcasts. It's probably his spe- best special is uh, Before Turning the Gun on Himself, which right there, great title. Okay, the third one I'm going to talk about. Very different from Doug. Uh, Pete Holmes, actually. I, it's on my underrated list. He's on my fucking <laughs> underrated list. I have it written down. <laughs> uh, I think Pete Holmes is just ridiculously charming. Oh, dude. He's I so different. He's he's very goofy. Like, you look at him, and he just looks like the he's goofiest. So goofy, and he calls himself lesbian Val Kilmer a lot. That does <laughs> not help you. That does not Because he looks, help. that's what he looks like, though. <laughs> so fucking bad. And, um... And he's like this big pear-shaped motherfucker. He's like six foot four, but um, he's uh, he who should not be name shaped. <laughs> Fucked up. Oh, Fucked up. Shots fired. Shots so fucking fired. I'm walking up, bro. I'm buff. Yeah, you're a buff pear. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up. Someone's gotta say it. Someone's gotta say. Someone's it. gotta say you got Woo. fucked up shoulder gang, bro. Hey, I'm fat. Doesn't matter. You're a pear. This I'm fat. What's funny. up, bro? Right. No, he has hips. If Adam was a woman, dude, he'd be giving up. He'd be having multiple. Oh, if Adam was a woman, twenty fivers. Oh, he guarantees. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, his hips. Get that down. His podcast out of context. <laughs> if Adam was a woman, he'd be giving twenty fivers Christmas. <laughs> dude, his hips. He can have like eight or nine kids. I'm telling you right now. He has. He has solid hips. He probably bro. already has solid <laughs> fucking hips. Oh my god. That's why he's a hipster. The Tinder King. This is all being edited out. You can uh-huh. have all the shit you want. He's still the Tinder King. Like, you're not going to take that title away from me. It's still it's still there. Yeah, I know. That's Back funny. to Petey Holmes. Okay. Petey Holmes. He's super, like I said, he's super goofy. And, uh, but his, he's, he's super funny and charming on stage. And he laughs at his own jokes sometimes. But it's not a fake laugh. It's not a forced laugh. It's like, no, he, he just loves telling I, this who joke. Said, there was somebody who explained that. I can't remember who. Which Jack comic. O'Brien talked about oh, it. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. How, how like, if he's, Jack O'Brien said, if Pete Holmes, if that's not a genuine laugh, 
Like, he has what every actor in the world would crave, a ge- like a genuine-sounding fake yeah. laugh. And it's inc- it's great on stage. And he actually had um, his own talk show for a little while. I think it got canceled. It was a quick 30 oh, minutes so called good, Just the dude. Pete Holmes Show. And what was great about that, which Jack O'Brien also talked about, was that he didn't have these guests on just to promote a fucking movie or a stupid fucking model to come on. Which is your normal and tell TV show. a like, boring-ass fucking story that late, late no one's show, interested in. this no. and that fucking he only brought on his friends yeah. that are that are stand up comedians. So you know they're gonna you know they'll do a quick couple of minutes, get the crowd laughing. Then they'll just sit there and talk for a fucking minute and bullshit. And he had this other segment called Gabin oh Light my Gals. God, this guy's fucking laugh, dude. He he brought on fucking Bill Burr to his stand. Like, yeah, it's fucking great. He, dude. Like it's he's hilarious. had so many great fucking uh, like you comedians think that on his it's show. Over the top, but it's his genuine. And I, and here's the thing on that show, he had. Probably the best sketches not written by Dave Chappelle. Oh, seriously. Dude. Oh, my God. He that, has like a, I didn't know who P. Holmes was. He has, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say here. The funniest sketches that any other sketch comedy. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to Incredible. it. Calm down. I didn't know who P. Holmes was. Because I know what you're thinking about. Dude, I'm going to get to I it. I literally I had to look him up. I didn't want to spoil it. I didn't want to say that I didn't know. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to let Adney go real fast. And then I'm kind of like put on my headphones. come in with, this motherfucker's laugh. Like, that's what you came back in with. I love it. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> but you know he looks like, yeah, you know who he is? You recognize him at all? Like, let's make Val Kimmel, right? <laughs> Come on, say it. No, yeah. I mean, I could <laughs> Dude, but yeah. That's his no, opener. So not just. This guy's Not just the skits. I'm like, no, like, okay, so. One, oh, my God. His sketches. So, like, he does, like, these <clears throat> absolutely phenomenal. Sorry, hold on. This is a TV show that I'm watching. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm because fucking, you weren't paying attention. I was not. The listeners listen. Know. He had a third. I'm a piece of shit. He had okay, a, so he had he had his own talk show. Like we like so, and this he would, would be do added. every now and then. He would do a sketch, and they are like I said, they are the sec. It's the second best comedy sketches ever. Dave Chappelle's still number one, but this is number two. He had these great uh, um, Street Fighter sketches where he would pretend to be like college sh- humor. He's college humor. And we're going to get to that. I'm sorry, I'm He's like the agent of Bison. You know how in Street Fighter, Bison was the main villain of that video game. And he's the one that got these people from around the world to come together for a tournament of fighting. But Pete Holmes what? pretends to be like his like his, uh, his manager. He's like, okay, look, so. He's an accountant. And he's basically <laughs> asking him, like, okay, so you want to fly all these people out. And you want each of them to fight in their hometown. So you're going to fly every single one of these people in the tournament to somebody else's hometown multiple times. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? He's like, well, yes, it has to be like this. He's uh-huh. like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> also, you want them each to have a four-door sedan fully loaded that they can punch to death? Yes! That's what you want? Yes! It's like, it has to be done for the tournament! Just fight it! <laughs> so why, why are we doing this tournament again, uh, Bison? Why are we doing this, Mr. Bison? <laughs> and like, so that, like, and like, and then he has like an interview with he has his comedy friends come on and do impressions and dress up like sh- characters from Street Fighter and t- he talks to each and every one of them and they're all gold. Okay. Every single one. He had one. that and he also has X Men where he pretends to be Charles Xavier. He does <laughs> he does the Patrick Stewart accent and it's basically him firing each member of the X Men yeah. like saying here's you why don't do it. he's like here's why you're useless and why we don't need you in the X Men anymore. <laughs> it's you're useless like Wolverine. What do you do? What do you do? Like you're like. He's like, you're, he's like, listen. You he's want, the most important. No, not, listen. He's like, okay, you are made of metal. Now, that is the substance that the guy we mainly fight 
can completely control <laughs> with his true. mind. That's true. You are useless. <laughs> but you're not, you can't really hurt anybody. Him. Him. You can't really hurt anybody unless you're close up with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got claws? Like that's fine. But you're like you're like, you need to be close up. I get that. You're cool. Like, you're cool. Like he's like you're cool. Like basically. you're definitely a cool guy. <laughs> we don't need you here at the X Men. And but by yeah, far the best. Some of the greatest. Some of the greatest sketches ever done. He did for college before he had a show. He did it with College Humor, and they're all Batman sketches where he dresses up like Batman. So he's the writer and actor. Yeah. yeah. He writes and acts in all these sketches and and he does the Christian Bale voice. He's the Christian Bale version oh of Batman. And he fucking plays it as Batman is the dumbest person on the planet. Oh, dude. Oh it's God. so... It's called they Bad... Are... For anybody who doesn't know, it's called Bad Man. Look up Bad Man. That's gonna be hilarious. you never seen him? No! Oh, oh my... Worry. I literally just... Dude. Dude. Chris. Too much scotch, Chris. To, to after this, we are we are turning on the TV. We're watching every single one of them. You're going to fucking check cry. Out, check out, like, Wait, so, so before what? the Batman, before we get into that, no, there's one Pete Holmes fucking does. That's Men's Warehouse. <laughs> it is. It is. I think it's. Dude, I think, to, in my opinion, in my opinion, it is the best sketch sketch comedy. I Number one, even before Dave Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle. <laughs> In a, in a wide range, in a wide range, Dave Chappelle is the best. But this one sketch, to me, is the funniest sketch I've ever seen in my fucking life. Really? I've shown it to a million people. It is. <laughs> you know, how have you not shown Chris, it to Chris, me? Chris, Chris. You're, pe- you're a bad friend. <laughs> Fuck you. Chris, I'm the piece of shit for not watching it. You're the piece of shit for not Chris, showing it to me. Look at me. Look at me. Remember how in the old, the old school uh, men's you warehouse. You have to have The reference. old school, like. Men's warehouse commercials where it's this old guy. He's bearded in a yeah, suit. He's in the dark, and he's like, "You're gonna." It's like he talks about yeah, wearing a suit is like this. A suit is like this. You know, you're gonna like the way you look. I guarantee <laughs> it. He dresses up like that guy and does the funniest rendition. It's outtakes. It's basically just Ever. outtakes yeah, of like, the commercial. That's the premise. That's the premise of the commercials. Like these are the outtakes that he couldn't put in the commercial. Like, and dude, we can't. Don't explain anything, dude. Else. I feel like Adney like forgot a little bit I of this. Totally <laughs> I totally forgot it until you said Oh my god. That I went totally to me. I was, I was just thinking about his nerd sketches. It's money. Well, you dude, no, it is the most money. Like when it, when when it, it is so when money that you forget about it's it. It's one of the greatest things that ever happened. <laughs> dude, that, that's why it stood out to me. That's why I had to bring it up. When I think Pete Holmes, I think Batman all the time. Like I've Damn, shown Dak Pete loves Holmes. Batman. I've shown so many people Batman, but the men's warehouse one but, to me is the but my favorite one. Yeah, it is so good. But like what I was gonna say is like the Batman ones are so great. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not, So listen, he does his like like the voice that no, we no, always no, I don't even wanna know. I don't wanna know. Go on to your next one. I don't wanna know. <laughs> I'd rather watch it because you guys, <laughs> like, you were vibrant. Like, dude, I'm killed. feeling your energy. Definitely like, check out the Pete Holmes Batman sketches. <laughs> the first one I've ever seen had Patton Oswalt in it as of the penguin. Of course it did. It was, oh, man. He has all, he's like, like, now, like, he's, <laughs> I don't want to say, don't ruin it. Do oh, not, no. trust me. Everybody listen up. He's really tuckered out. Look up Batman. 
B A D M A N Batman on that, like uh, the, when I when I finally made my Batman costume for Halloween one year I did that voice all yeah, fucking night. Yeah, he did the Pete Holmes doing Batman. Like, he was <laughs> yeah, like, I was doing oh, a Pete you Holmes impression. You were Batman. You were Pete Holmes. Yeah, yeah, he was. You but I sold shit. it so well. Ah, <laughs> dude, oh, I sold it as no, someone who sells it really well. He didn't I was break character. No, <laughs> I pissed this one he dude didn't, off. He didn't break character all fucking night. I feel like you. I feel like Michael was there when you were pissing people. He was one of them. He was one of the kids that was oh, there when, yes, he was. I remember it was Halloween. I don't remember that motherfucker. And he was like, <laughs> I remember the dude looked like Aaron he Paul. Kept, I think he was the one that said, your cousin's drunk. He's drunk. And you, one time you said, I'm not drunk. This is funny. It is my character. Like, <laughs> I remember doing that. I remember breaking characters for a second, like, because everyone thought I was wasted. Everyone's looking at Kenny, like, what the fuck? I was like, guys, you just don't get it, do you? Yeah. This is a bit. I'm doing a character. This isn't good fun. Fuck off. <laughs> like he had to break character because people were like, oh, this kid. But dude, that happened recently with you. Uh, who was it? Oh my god, you're destroying, you're destroying your mic. the mic and the box in the mic. Fuck this box. I can't wait to do this box. No, I still want to use the it's box. Break the uh-huh. box. I kind of want to talk about Bill Burr, but that was already talked about. Kind of want to talk about Jim Jeffries, but that was already talked about. Because <laughs> they are both killers. You know what I'm talk about though. So that's why I skipped one. That's you why know, I skipped Eddie Murphy because you know who I'm gonna talk about though. Louis C.K. Oh, yes, dude. Louis C.K. is absolutely one of the great comedic minds ever. He is right. known throughout comedy as the hardest, working, the hardest working comedian in comedy history. Everyone says, oh, that's the hardest working comedian I know. We talked about how like both Todd Rex and Tom Segura, how they can do dad comedy, like make jokes about having kids. And it's funny. They actually do new takes on it. But I think Louis C.K. is the funniest at making jokes about yeah, his own kids. I completely uh, agree. One of the like the hardest times I've ever laughed in my entire life was the first time I heard him telling a joke about how he's like, you know, I'll be out and I'll see, I'll hear like a kid ask their mother or somebody or one of their parents a question, and the kid's like, because I said so, that's why. And and the, some somebody else who doesn't have fucking kids will look on and be like, oh my god, I can't believe that. I can't believe they would they would. Talk to their kid that way. Oh, my God. When I have kids, I'm going to tell them everything. I'm going to give them an answer to everything. I'm going to make sure they know the world. And then Louis all like, fuck you. The first thing that I, first thing that I thought was, oh, my God. What did that kid do to that poor parent <laughs> that made them snap like that? It's like kids, like, okay, you want to give an answer? That's not good enough. Kids aren't satisfied with an answer because as soon as you give an answer, it's a why afterwards. It's, well, why is this? And you're like, well, you know, because you can't, you can't do that. And why? It's just not how it works. Oh, that doesn't exist. Oh, my God. And it just keeps coming. Next thing you know, it's like, well, why isn't why isn't that a real thing? I, I don't know why it's not a real thing. Because things that aren't can't fucking be. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he delivered it a million times better. But oh my God, it was one of the funniest fucking things ever. And, of course, beyond his fucking dozen of great stand-up specials he has of course the show he has he's had two shows lucky louie on hbo which was a funny show yeah, and then shows that got canceled and then he made lucky Lu- or not like after lucky louie he made louie yeah. on um fx and it's absolutely fantastic definitely is it's it's very, everyone says said, it's one of the best like dark comedies ever yeah written. he says like he was influenced by like um french Name filmmaking one that's better 
Dark comedy wise, I don't know. Like, don't I'm, worry, I'm, I'll wait. <laughs> wait, uh, long time, pimp. Like, Kirby enthusiasm is a second, close second. I wouldn't call that dark comedy. I, I just would... don't. I, I feel like it's more satirical comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah it definitely. Uh, but a uh, Louis like uh, the you show. Went, went, I just like I, there's not a show that's in that realm that's better than like Louis is the. He's the South by Southwest. He is like, the fucking it, Dave Chappelle when it comes to skits. See when it comes for uh, dark comedy. When it comes for dark comedy. When it comes to like somebody like about their life. Like it's it's a you're they're writing about it themselves, really is, their life um, experience. He is the Dave Chappelle of that. He basically he plays himself, but like he's and he like he lives in New York and he does small time comedy he shows. Deserves, is like his own Tarantino role. In that in that in that show, it's just it's him, but he's you know small time and he does small comedy rooms here and there. And it's and you get all these great comics do guest spots on his show. You get to see him trying to deal with being a father, him dealing with his own depression, him dealing with like these new people coming in and out of his life, him trying to date. It's amazing. And of course, uh, the two best episodes. Uh, one of them features Doug Stanhope as playing not himself, but an old friend that Louis came up with that is about to kill himself. He wanted one last night to <laughs> hang out with Louis. stand up so fucking Oh, he kill- Doug kills it. That, that's, that's my Why favorite. Why do you think Louis that's went my, to Doug? Like... Yeah, that's my favorite episode. <laughs> but he also has a really great episode that features Robin Williams playing himself. Oh, what? But also another... It's, it's, I've never seen that. Yeah, it's, dude, it's amazing. It's about... it's And the, the episode is about how they both know this old uh, comedy club owner who was a piece of shit, but he died. And him and Robin Williams are the only ones that show up for the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's fucking hilarious. And at first they're talking about like, oh yeah, it's sad that he left. And all of a sudden, like, they're talking about like, oh, this is so sad. And death is tragic. And, remember- <laughs> and then there's a, then like a minute of silence. And then like, I think Robin Williams goes... Yeah, he was a real prick, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. And also, he did an episode where he in channeled, or he like channeled through him, uh, Adam Lee. You know, when he shits himself, like on the show, he's standing street side and he shits himself. That's an Adam Lee. He channeled yeah. him. But uh, also, it's another great episode. Um, probably like the best single moment in his entire run, and one of the best acting performances you'll see on TV ever is an episode with Michael Rappaport. Oh, I ah, dude, I fucking the Mike Rap episode. I love so the Mike Rap episode, dude. Hands, I fucking love it. We all know that person. Too. No, go ahead. Mike Rap played go a person ahead. that we. Oh, all Mike know. Rap listens to the podcast. As you don't know, like just go check out the I Am Rapaport podcast. No big deal. Uh, we fuck around with each other. Hard body. <laughs> we fuck around with each other. But I feel like like that character that he plays pee, though. is someone we can all relate to. We, we know someone like. Yeah, let's, like- des- let's describe him. So, um. <laughs> He's basically an old dude from the neighborhood. Uh, that's that's how Louis sees him. Okay, your voice changed. It's basically an old dude from the neighborhood. <laughs> that's was all, that was a, on purpose. That was a bit. I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> my, I'm funny. First, my first favorite comedian, Dr. Danny, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. But that's the thing. So, yeah. He, that's, and like Louis, like, he sees him because this old guy that he grew up with in Boston is, you know, now a cop. And uh, he runs into him, and they basically, and like Michael Rappaport's character basically forces him to hang out with them. And Louis doesn't really want it because this guy is obnoxious and bombastic. He's just, he's just so like, dude, you need, you're rambunctious as fuck. You need to like take a step back. Don't be such a roughhouser. Like we're not fucking fourteen anymore. This guy never matured past that age, and it shows. And he acts it really well. But of course they go like, and Louis feels like a sense of responsibility towards him. Like, oh, I know you're an old friend. I should show some respect. I'm gonna hang out with you, and uh, 
throughout them hanging out, he's just like, this guy is so fucking bad. Like, I just want to get rid of him. Like, I can't, I just don't want to be his friend. And, uh, there's this really touching part that Louis has where, like, Michael Rapport's roughing him up and being like a fucking rough house, that kind of shit. And he's like, stop. And he's like, dude, that hurts. What the fuck? That fucking hurts. He's like, oh, come on. I didn't hurt you. Don't be a bit. I didn't hurt you. He's like, you don't understand. You don't get to decide if you hurt somebody or not. It's not up to you. That's not on your part. If you did something and that person is genuinely hurt, they get to decide if they were hurt. You don't. It's a really great thing. To that say. is one of the it's best so lines. Good. Yeah, and that hurt, and that's not just physically. That's also emotionally as well. Exactly. It fits both. And but uh, the the part Come that on, I barely touch or I barely say that that was I, I didn't mean. It's like no, yeah, I, I love that. You shouldn't line. be offended, or you or yeah. you shouldn't be hurt by the way I talk about you. It's like no, that. If it's a personal it's coming fucking from stab, you. yeah. It's, it's coming a from a, like, I respect you as a person. We're close friends, and you talked towards me or about me a certain way, or you said something that I told you I don't like, and you did it anyway. Like that hurts coming from you, that kind of thing. But uh, there's another part. Um, it's they're out drinking and everything, and of course he brings his gun. He's a cop. So. He's a cop, but he, he's not in uniform, but he brings his gun with him, and he ends up, he's so drunk, he's falling all over the place. They get back to Louis' apartment, and he realizes he doesn't have his gun. He lost his gun somewhere in New York, and he's flipping the, the fuck out. And it's in this scene. It's in this moment. Michael Rappaport puts on the fucking performance of his life. Seriously. Of this guy who's coming into the realization that he is a, like... He's realized it before, you can tell, but he's admitting it now. He doesn't have any friends. Everyone left him. His wife, the only woman that he's ever like really loved, has left him. He has nothing anymore. That's why he has to force his friendship on people. He found Louis, this guy who's soft and very like he's he's not like he's not a pushover, but he's not going to be an assertive. So I'm going to push my friendship on him. I'm going to latch on to this guy cuz I need some kind of they were of, old friends from the neighborhood. I need some sort of companionship. I'm going to force on and like you see him break down. Like, you're the only like we just started hanging out fucking yesterday and here I am crying in front of you and breaking down like I have nothing and he's admitting all this fuck ups like I'm a loser. I'm going to lose being a cop. That's all I have People left. in the department don't That's like me gone. like all this stuff like everybody fucking alone. hates me and he's crying and like Michael Rappaport playing that guy and his the for him not just he's not just crying he's not sitting there with his hands over his face he's breaking down he's on the fucking ground oh, and his physical acting is absolutely masterful he fucking loses it and loses so, it and some of the credit Chris you have to get the credit it's like 50-50 he acted it but Louis did Louis write this wrote Louis wrote this so Louis can be this brilliant mind of sadness and then later on in the episode he can still make you laugh uh, super yeah. dark, but like just so you know, like Louis goes like Louis is like trying to calm him down. This guy who's losing it, losing his fucking mind. Then finally, he's like, "I'm gonna go try to find." They were playing a little bit of fake basketball earlier in the show. He's jumping up, doing some stuff. You see him jump up in the show, like up and down, fucking with Louis. And that's where he lost the gun. So Louis ends up finding the gun. He goes out on his own. Like, no, I'm going to try my best. This person who's been fucking with me, been prodding at me, been talking to me, instead of just sending him off, he feels bad. Louis fucking has a conscience, feels bad for him. He's going to try to make him feel okay because he knows Michael Rapport's character. If he loses his gun, he, he he's not in the force anymore. That's going to be it. He's going to be done. So that'll be the last straw for him. He's going to commit suicide. Who Boom. Knows? Yeah, exactly. So Louis goes and finds the gun, brings it back, and there's, you get this really sweet moment of Michael Rapport just wraps his fucking arms around Louis. Ah. And... It's almost like Louis it's realizes. Yeah, it's like Louis realizes in that mm. moment, like, 
I, I still, he's still an old friend of mine. I still, I still like this guy. And at the very least, this is a human being who I, needs, who needs, it needs comfort. Help. Yeah, he, he needs, needs comfort at this moment. Yeah. And he needs a friend. We're gonna switch it over a little bit, and we're gonna go. I wanna see who your guys' favorite comedians who have unfortunately passed away. All right, Adney already knows. You probably already know. Um, I hands down will always support George Collin as being the best dead comedian ever. He is. Collin G. I'm channeling my George Collin. Why? Funny, because I said best dead. He'd be the best dead comedian. He's the best at being a dead comedian. The best dead comedian ever. Ever. Um. Ever! George will even... No one will ever die as a comedian. As a, as a whole, out of all oh the comics who have ever lived, to me, George Collins stands as number one. Um, If you go back to his the beginning of George Collins, it's super... Um, his his first stand-ups are not really that good. He, he definitely became more of a... So not good to you. Political hold speaker. On, no, he, he They're started, funny. No, hold on, hold on. He started off as a silly... Comic. Yeah, definitely. He played to the silly crowd. Oh, let I need to take it over because you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. I'm just talking shit because Andy takes everything over. If anything, we need to team up and battle Andy, and okay. that's what we're fucking hey, up. Battle? Yeah. Battle. When did this? Oh, because you have a contingency plan. Obviously, you already know I didn't say I was this was gonna happen, so you knew. Then you already have a plan. Yeah, I know all your weaknesses. Hey, huh? uh, send shower my way. <laughs> <laughs> send shower my way so I can take over. You know what I'm hey, saying? Hey, you know hey. what you're doing. Hey, how dare How? I don't get rashes, play a pimp. <laughs> Shots fired! Because you can't make her that wet, pimp. <laughs> Boom! Rock, paper, scissors, we just did that. <laughs> We just fucked up all of us. We Everyone's just... fucked up. <laughs> so you so the fucking we all have battle wounds right now. Center We're all gonna die. Send it on the table. Send it on the table. All right. So George Cohen, okay. explain Adney. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was though. Like uh, he started in the '60s, got big in the '70s, Super and you can see, silly. you can see like his old specials. Uh, he's you did, can watch like, the arc of George Cohen by looking his old watch. Like, dude, it's and crazy. you can see like he's done. Like he did. Like he was like the first one. That did a round room where he's in a he's mm. in the center of the right. of the stadium. And that's why Dane Cook. Yeah, 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 Dane Cook was paying homage. He's like, I want to do it just like George Carlin did. Vicious Circle was specifically because of George Carlin, and he did that. And it was a, and that whole thing. It was it's funny, and that's the one where I think he goes, the seven words you can't say on TV. No, that was, was that no, there wasn't the one. No, no, yeah, it was before that. But then he brought it up on that special. Yeah, yeah. and uh, this this one basically the he's shit, con- silly con- then like s- silly in the round room. But it's he's bringing like up. There's people. I, it's, like, it's obvious. It's it's not obvious. It's, he's bringing awareness to words and most like he is the uh, Eminem of comedy because his Dang vocabulary. No, 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 no. George Cohen. Oh, okay. his vocabulary. Like, what the fuck? did you get lost? Yeah, I get lost. Listen, <laughs> His vocabulary, it can't be fucking touched. Like, he breaks down everything. But mainly his old stuff is like, there is no now. Like, that was that one. There's no now. Now it's gone. Oh, it's gone. Now it's gone. Now it's gone. He goes, there is no such thing as now. There is uh, a soon, 
and there is a recent. There's a recent past, no and there's a soon. Like basically, like, there's, there's a near, near future. future. Yeah, near future. Where's now? There you go. Where's now? It's right now. Where is it? It's gone. It's not gone. Now it's gone right now. It's about to be here. It's about to be here. Oh, now it's now. Oh, now it's gone. Like, dude. So he's breaking so, yeah, it's down. A lot of things like that. And it's, it's a lot of silly, like observational comedy. Yeah, observational in the comedy. beginning. That's what it and is. like I said, he's like, it's not super sophisticated, and he made a lot of money. But he blew a lot of that money as well. Good, and it was because Good. it was because of that that he was had all these tax problems. Because back in the day, no comic knew how to like deal with tax because they're getting it's like a cash business. And and uh, Joe Rogan talked about how even when he was coming up, all these comics know what the fuck they do with taxes and shit like that. So George Carlin was in such trouble that he had to hit the road like a motherfucker and constantly do shows and constantly just keep. To make the money to pay shit he's, back, he's basically coming out with a new hour every year. And while year, he was doing every that, fucking year, basically dude. crazy. Necessity is the mother of invention, and he had to become a better comic. He couldn't no longer just do the silliness. He had to start doing things that meant something. And because he was going through such hard times, especially when it came to the government, that's when his comedy started to change and form. Started talking shit about the government. <laughs> and started to, like having all these great observations about how a, a, a any country, especially this country, is run. And he brought in some more social issues, and he was breaking everything down. He was so, like, far, and he started, like, he just fucking blew past everyone, all of his contemporaries, in terms of the intelligence behind his jokes. It wasn't just, oh, hey, this is funny, this is goofy, this thing. Silly, like, yeah. It was, I have something serious, seriously, something to say, and it's going to blow your fucking mind. And you were learning throughout all of his shows, and he... Even after he paid off his debts, far, far in the old age, he's in his like eighties, and he's like hunched over, this really old man, and he's still playing these small rooms, and he's fucking killing it still. I, one of the great things I remember being like, he was one of the very first ten comedians that I started to fall too. in love with, and that speaks I mean, a lot. I watched like, him at our grandpa's house together, at a, like at a young age, at like, a young age, being able to laugh at like his early shit, and then as I got older, watching more and more of his older shit and understanding it more and more, and you basically grow with the comedy and doesn't get old it was always us being in front of the tv changing the channel whatever and we'd find these great things we'd come across george call and things like that other comedians and so it kind of like it built us into like this right, state of like like the same references and shit like that but mainly it's because we had our fingertips on these hbo shows showtime shows all these things like all these different fucking stand-ups at a young age it like it's definitely something we were allowed to watch because no one was watching us watch these things right, i got a question <clears throat> Are we in the golden age or did the golden age already pass us for comedy? I think we're actually kind of in a golden age because unlike any other time before, so many more comics are getting a platform. Because we have the internet, because we have YouTube, because we have Pandora, because most Netflix, because these all more, so many more comedians are getting to people. Before it was such a small fucking filter that you had to yeah, get through, and so you could have like one giant comedian at a time. And like we still have giant comedians. Look at Kevin Hart, but we're getting so many more, and there's so many more different styles because they have to build off all these different things, and everyone has to find their own niche and what they're really good at. So there's such a large array of not only numbers of comics but styles of comedy. And we we also have our fingertips on more of them because of all the platforms they get. Podcasts, uh, like you said, fucking Netflix, of uh, just comics talking about other comics in general. We can find more because the world's gotten a lot smaller with social media, with the internet, everything like that. I think it's always gonna run as the golden age, no matter what. It's gonna continue to get better and better. Okay, well, if you look back then and now, it's always gonna progress. Hmm. But 
uh, fucking it's I, I think mainly. It was just, I think it was just like if time stopped right now. Yeah, okay. and you had to look at all like ever since fucking comedy. It'd be forever, now, like, of course. Yeah. But if time continues, yeah, I, it's yeah, gonna it is going to progress. But like, but I will say that, but that's America. Comedy is the. America is the place for no. I'm dead serious. Like the United know, States is the one place for America. But that sounded like it sounded like no. So oh, sorry. When you, so when are you gonna start your My campaign? Bad. It's the <laughs> best. The best, no, the no, best country. Hell. Listen, the best country for a stand-up comic is the United States, and that's yeah. hands on. Every fucking comic talks about that. How they are limited in other countries. Some people could be fucking jailed, like Lenny Bruce, which is the fit. That now they could be jailed in France, everything like that, for just like. Saying something that it goes against the UK norm. UK is a close second, though. Yeah, here in general, this country, it is the golden like this is the golden country for stand up. And I wanted to say this about George Carlin. Sorry, before we go over to when he goes. So Lenny Bruce is what kind of like started. That's what stand up started. Like that style of like self awareness, like okay. population, whatever things that. Now, Lenny Bruce got arrested one time, right? And when Lenny Bruce got arrested, he got put in the back of the paddy wagon. Another guy was joined behind him in the paddy wagon. And Lenny was like, what the hell did you do? He's like, I was watching your show. And he goes, why didn't, why are you in here? He goes, oh, because one of the police officers asked me for my ID. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I didn't fucking give it to him. I said, no, you're not getting my ID. So he, he, he was just, he was adamant about like, go fuck off. You don't need my ID. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just here watching a show. That guy was George Carlin. Hmm. Put in the back of a what? fucking paddy wagon no with Lenny Bruce, and that's how he fucking started his <laughs> motherfucking career. End the show. End the show. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a that's a real story. How yeah, incredible saved, is that? Saved that to end the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> how incredible is that, though, man? Isn't that so cool? That's that's what George Collins said. Fuck the government and fuck you. He, but, and he no, got to be in the back of a paddy wagon with his idol. The bigger point is that he was Leonard, Lenny his Bruce. Idol. Like, he got to be in the back of a paddy wagon with his fucking idol. Tell me that's not like, that makes you feel really good. If I would yeah. be in that same circumstance, in that same situation, I would have done the same. Try to go to jail? Joe Rogan's in the paddy wagon. Like, I'd be like, what's up, Joe? We're going to jail together, bro. <laughs> what's up? Chris would have been way less calm and cool about it. Yeah. I Actually, and I heard that. I'm like, you want to roll together, bro? Let's roll together. Right the best. So Joe, how do you do that spinning back kick so well? How do you do the on it and then your podcast and then like, you know, live your life and you do all of it at the same time? What's up with zucchini noodles, bro? Can you teach me about zucchini noodles? I can make you zucchini noodles. I I know how to make that's easy. I can make you those. I can make you those right now. It's easy. But listen, okay. That whole thing happened with George Guess how I found out about that story, which is super fucking cool. Which story? Pendulette? Yes, fucking Pendulette. <laughs> Pendulette is the Carlin. one that tells the story oh. of George Carlin being stuck in the back of a paddy wagon with Lenny Bruce. Of course, because fucking Pendulette is... He, he, you know what's funny? is he, Him and George Carlin were really good friends. And after 9-11, Pendulette wrote in his... Or he, he, he was talking to all his friends. like, there goes... There, there goes all our fucking rights. There goes, there goes everything. We're not free anymore. After 9-11, everybody goes, dude, everything's going to be taken away from us. Basically, he made an observation of, like, now, like, all security is going to be watching everybody. Basically, called it the Patriot Act. Pendulette Basically, because it's Basically, because it was a terrorist act, because it was a secret co- co- uh, covert thing that now they're going to spy on. No, yeah, they're, yeah, they're going to spy on everybody. And he's talking to George Collin, and he brings this up to George Collin on the phone, and George Collin says, hold on. George Collin goes and grabs his journal, and he comes out, and he goes, I wrote this in my journal. There goes all our social liberties. George Collin wrote that in his fucking journal, said the pendulum on the phone, which I thought was amazing. It's like they both had the same thought at the same time. Also, go ahead, guys. Do your shitty thing, and then we'll go. 
I don't know. I kind of want to talk about George Carlin. That's what <laughs> I wanted to do. But now I can't. No, go ahead. Can I? <laughs> was that yours, though? Yeah, it was. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But that's kind of like, we grew up watching him. That's, I mean. It kind of makes sense that you guys would draw the same inspiration from the same guy because you guys grew up together. Like, is that not weird? No, it's, that's no, it's totally weird. That's totally weird. <laughs> What's yours? Fuck you. <laughs> Mine's Mitch. Mitch, Mitch Ebber. Oh, oh, dude. We both love Ebber, dude. I'm such and a great it, But it's so against my character because I literally just named No, Tom he's not. He but does drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally who you are, man. What's your fucking box? <laughs> no, my box. favorite, my, one of my favorite quotes ever from fucking Mitch Ebber is, I used to do drugs. Ah, that was the quote I was going to bring up, I you still piece do, of shit. But I used to also. You piece of shit. <laughs> or his duck bit. That was just... <laughs> Dude, he has a duck bit that goes like this. He's like, I went into Subway the other day, okay, because I saw a duck outside. And he goes, I go in there, I'm like, I'm like uh, can I get some bread? And they're like, sorry, we can't, we can't give you our bread. He goes, well, it's for a duck. And they said, okay, well then, the bread is free. And he goes, if I would have known that, I'd have ordered a much larger sandwich. <laughs> Give me the super sub. Don't bother ringing it up. It's for a duck. <laughs> there are six ducks outside, and they all want sun chips. <laughs> Fucking... And it's like, hey, Dude, man, if I was an animal, I'd be friends with Beavers because Beavers got some kick-ass houses. <laughs> Fuck you. Lakeside, Lake On. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like wearing turtlenecks because it feels like you're being choked by a really weak guy all day long. There's more and I don't like wearing a backpack until neck because I feel like a really weak guy, a really weak midget is trying to bring you down. Oh, dude. That's great. Continue. Sorry. I don't have a girlfriend. I just know a girl who will get really mad at me if she heard me say that. Stupid. I love Mitch because he's literally the king of simple... Like one-liners sort of thing? Like... It's sort of like one-liners, but yeah, one-liners. He has a couple like, one-liners, but others are like the Sanchez, or like there's the couple with. But there's it's, it's never like stories, like how I it's love short, no, Tom stories. They're, like, they're there's no, this whole they're novellas. Story they're like if you look at literature based, like novellas are like short, simple, like exactly. short stories that like he tells these little short quip stories that are just he's a storyteller, yeah, but they're quips and they're. They're, all of them are funny. Mitch and like it'll, it'll be like six, six words. He'll say six words. He died and, like, 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 and then he'll pause. Like, I've been. I went golfing. I never. I like golfing. I never got a hole in one, <laughs> but I have hit a guy. I think that's way more satisfying. <laughs> He's like, whenever I write a joke at night and I'm laying down. And I, there's a pen on the other side of the room. I gotta convince myself that that joke wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, he does, so he doesn't have to get up. Oh, it's fucking so good, dude. So fucking hilarious. His ass is the longest. I think the longest. I think the longest. Get some acid. No. And we went inside the forest. Yeah, I think that's the longest. And he's like, the, we, no, ran, we yeah. ran into a bear. And I, my friend's sitting there promising the bear he's gonna prevent forest fires. <laughs> oh, but he does it way better, obviously. Goes, Mitch Hebring fucking goes, yes. he does it way better. And he comes up to me afterwards and goes, Mitchell, Smokey is way more intense in person. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to tell that joke in England, but they did not get it. Because Smokey is not their forest fire prevention representative. They have Slappy the Frog. And I think we should adopt that. Because... Slack. <laughs> I think Slappy is way better because uh, bears. <laughs> because nobody's scared of a frog. Sometimes bears can be mean, but frogs are always cool. <laughs> There's never been a time where I saw a frog coming, 
hopping around, and I said, and I got terrified. Oh no! Here it's comes our frog. <laughs> <laughs> I better play dead, <laughs> and maybe he will go away. <laughs> it's always a little optimistic. Like, here, oh, here comes, comes our frog. <laughs> maybe he will settle near me, <laughs> and I can put him in a maze jar <laughs> with a stick and a leaf to recreate what he's used to. <laughs> I should poke some holes in it, cause he damn sure used to air. <laughs> That's so it's up. all one-liners. The but no, his <laughs> delivery. I know nobody it. has ever no, done. You're right. You're nobody's right. ever delivered somebody, jokes. Somebody tried to, and they got called out immediately. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, no, Joe Rogan talked about it. He talked no. about somebody tried to copy Mitch, and everyone's like, "Fuck you! Don't you fucking no, dare!" No, cause listen, Mitch ever died died too early. Wait, died way too early. He overdosed, but he. If you can, if you can label like him and even Kennison are some of the most original comics ever because of their style. Yeah, that's certain stuff. Style. Mitch Hepburn's style can never be repeated and has never been before. Mitch Hepburn is his own style of comedy and he, it will never come again. It, like, dude, if Mitch Hepburn, if somebody tries to copy him even twenty years in the future, I feel like people who know comedy will be like, no, dude, you can't do that. This is an old comic. There's no fucking way. Like, no one will ever. There will never dude, be another Hepburn. There will never be a Hepburn ever again. And I feel like that's a great fucking choice, dude. Thank you very much. There will be a, maybe another George Cohen who's that intelligent. Thing, but Hepburn is the most original comic, and he can't be copied, dude. Because people will fucking call him out. It on was him. just so like, off, like it was just dumb shit. And it would be one liner after one liner. It's and his, his delivery, it's the delivery man. of Hepburn. That's just the so fucking funny. He's super hippie about it. And dude. his spe- like his actual his actual comedy. Central special that was filmed he's like looking down the whole time and it's like the crowd wasn't his fans they were like sometimes like a lot of the crowd won't be with him for the jokes and he gets it and he ends up sitting just sitting down on stage like (laughs) and makes it even funnier Jeffries does that he's like like, yeah but he does it as kind of like yeah we're having fun he's Mitch is like Ah, fuck it. Whatever. I'm just going to sit down. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's, like, he's over He's over like, hey, I'm still going to do these jokes. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. <laughs> and then I think what's funny is at like the very end, like he actually gets the whole crowd like laughing. I think it was off that one long bit. And he goes, it gets quiet for a second. He goes, I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my special. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and he can he can make something that he can make something that if anybody else said it, it wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't like be funny. The donut and receipt thing, that joke isn't funny to me. <laughs> no, no, no. If anyone else tells the no, donut receipt yeah. joke, it's not good. But Mitch makes that joke Dude, good. Dude, exactly. He's the only he delivers it a certain way that just makes it comical, makes it hilarious. But the delivery, man, it's it can delivery. never be replaced, yeah. dude. It, 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 there can never be something like that. And they animated a bunch of them on that show, Shorty's Watching Shorties. Shorties Watching yeah. Shorties. That is an the, underrated show. You can probably find that on YouTube, the Mitch Hepburn, Shorties Watching Shorties. You can watch I've watched like I, I the three episodes. episodes. He does all, all the bits that we did. I think they animated all I've of them. I've rewatched Shorties. Dude, there'll be nights where I'm here by myself, and I'm watching what? Shorties Watching Shorties. Alone, yeah. I, yeah. I literally, <laughs> that's something you I literally YouTube. Too? I YouTube Shorties Watching Shorties. They have like, there's one with 72 different videos. And it was almost fucking Patrice O'Neill is the main voice, the ma- the black baby in the show, dude. That is the most underrated fucking show off of Comedy Central. I swear, dude. Shorties watch Shorties what? fucking kills I it. I never fucked around with the show. You've never I have seen no it. No idea about the show. You've never seen Shorties. Oh, dude, you're gonna fucking love this show. Do you know the dude. premise of the show? 
I have no idea what the show is. Okay, about. so it's basically like the main thing is like there's there's two babies. Those are the shorties, and they're watching shorties. The shorties they're black are black and white. That's what I'm seeing right now. It's, yeah, yeah. Black and white. And, yeah. Uh, is that a thing? Know. Know. Is the Italian racial? Guy. What the fuck Nick is Apollo? Nick DePaulo. Nick DePaulo. Uh, anyways, it's them. They voice the babies, and what they're doing oh, is so they're exciting. watching short animated things. And what the what the animated thing they're watching is basically what Comedy Central did is they took little audio clips from the Comedy Central presents shows, like the actual audio, and they basically animate the joke. So it's whatever joke that was already told. They'll just take oh, the audio okay. clip and do a little cartoon that makes it two so to much three funnier. minutes, sometimes thirty seconds. But it's Bill Burr, Dane Cook, every comment that you can think of that you fucking love, Joe Rogan, everybody. So they, they make it into all the stories that come on. Yeah, and they do like they do like six com- six to eight comedians probably every episode, maybe yeah, more. They, do, they don't they don't pick one comedian, just do that comedian. They do like they'll do like different shorts for a bunch of different comics in one episode, so you get like a all these different flavors, dude. This oh, is amazing. It's their show. jokes in dude. animation form, and it's incredible. And, and of what course, happened? one what season it got canceled. And of course, After one fucking season. Fucking really? Nick DiPaolo and Patrice O'Neill are the fucking main. Yeah. Oh, and they literally. They're the babies. They're the main well, ones. Patrice and died, even there, DiPaolo's like super. Well, no, like, no, but even before it, he died, yeah, I canceled way it was, before yeah, yeah. that. This was before Elephant in the Room, I think. And even that, like, um, the, wait, what the fuck's Elephant in the Room? A Patrice O'Neill's last special, like his, it was like an hour-long special where he's wearing like the leather hat and the leather jacket. Sitting on the fucking oh, stool. I've only seen bits <laughs> from I, the, the it. Dude, oh, I have to that, watch the whole fucking oh, thing. Oh man, that special, the, Elephant in the Room, is a fucky. He murders. It's incredible. But, but oh, so he talks about like that's him talking about like uh, cheating and like breaking down what cheating is like and like all like he just does so. He's much. just so real. He's so fucking funny. All right, so after that, um, we uh, we all chose our um our favorite fucking dead comics. Uh, now we're gonna do a little because this is a comedy episode, so we're just straight, sticking straight to comedy. Straight comedy. We're, we're just gonna go. Excuses to talk about Stanley. Yeah, yeah, our favorites. Okay, we're gonna go first off because we want to finish it on a high note. We're gonna go overrated comics. I'm gonna say Jeff Foxworthy, fucking Billingville. And Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, I have Larry on my over fucking rate overrated. Kevin over, Kevin Hart's new I shit overly agree. But you haven't seen his new shit yet. I think no, you're I've making a most, premature no, in comparison. You're doing a premature no, ejaculation. A new, no, 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 listen, right now. listen. That's just the new one. He his first couple were great, but his newest stuff. I'll agree even with his that. first like the last three. I'll agree with you on that. Like the one, the last one. I remember like funny. The, yeah, the first time that he was even on Comedy Central presents. Was hilarious. That was like in 2004. Yep. And it was a killer. And the one after that, like, I'm a grown little man, I think, was it? Yep, that? yep. Oh, fucking amazing. And then the last one he did that was funny. That was the one where he's like, um, see, I got a check-in, and I got a savings. <laughs> that one's funny, and he's like, oh, right, oh, right, oh, right, oh, right. talking about, like, when he finally opened up about his dad and shit. That's oh, the yeah. last yeah. That's the last funny one he's ever done, in my opinion. Last funny one he's ever done. God, go ahead. Uh, overrated. Let's go overrated. Okay, go ahead, guys. Overrated. I don't know. Dude, you hit the blue collar comedy tour pretty hard, and I agree with all that. Dude, that's where I was at. Uh, Jeff Dunham. Down, so. Jeff Dunham, overrated. Oh God. Overrated, hands down. Oh God, that guy, fucking. <laughs> I really do not like that guy, at all. Uh, fucking. I don't like the fucking puppets. It's like such a. It was such a fucking, like a. His show was horrible. I feel like it was just a gimmick. Jerry Seinfeld oh, original <sighs> stand up. Overrated. I sorry. I'm not gonna. Agree I'm with no. His, I'm his not writing. Gonna agree his with writing you is incredible. Well, he, he is one the of the first best guy that really. Yo, no, listen. He's one of the best have writers of all time. But his stand-up to me, it's it's too soft in my opinion. If you compare him, if you compare the years it's that he was soft. doing it, 
Do you compare the years that he was doing in well, the nineties? Well, you put Bob Saget in there as well, right? And people will say, no, no, is- no. Listen, if you compare it to where George Collin, like, look at George, look at the fucking uh, Tom. What's the name of your the, the Blair? music musician? Fucking Tom Blair. Tom Blair. You look at these people that were done in the sixties, seventies, eighties. Kennison was at the same time as Jerry Seinfeld. Sorry, but Jerry but Seinfeld Kenison was completely also fucking didn't overrated. Extend to the TV realm. None of these people were able to extend. I'm not saying there TV realm. To be a certain... I'm saying stand up. I'm specifically Chris saying stand up. His stand up is completely overrated. I'm sorry, but uh, he will always stand the test of time as one of, if not the best sitcom, uh, writer? sitcom writers of all time. Him and Larry David. I will completely go with that. But his stand up is not funny. He yeah. knows how to write some shit though. But you can find um, great comedy out of Bob Saget's stand-up. Oh, yeah, but that's way different. Bob Saget's extremely dark. I understand. I'm just drawing parallels because they started around the same age. That's all. They didn't go the same path or anything like that, but they're around the same age, and they're at different points in their life. And So I was just getting that general consensus from you. That's all. Um. Go ahead, Adney. You got any, you got any uh, overrated? Uh, Richard Pryor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got you. I got you. No way. He's I not overrated. I got you good, you fuck. Dude, you know what? <laughs> overrated Pryor. was honestly the hardest thing that Richard I Pryor was trying amazing. to come up with. Pryor. I was like sitting there trying to think of overrated. And the problem with overrated is I only listen new, to new Cat comics that I enjoy. But oh, I, I only listen to comics that I enjoy. Someone that I think is overrated is Chris D'Elia. Oh, I, I think I, I don't. I, I don't put really on like his stand-up. special. Oh, yeah, I, don't I, don't really and like I wasn't able to watch it. That's all. I, I put on Ali Wong special and I watched the whole fucking thing. Ali so. Wong special is great. Yeah, everyone's been telling me to watch that too. I haven't got to watch it's it. It's way better than Crystalia. Crystalia, Crystalia. Crystalia. I, I just, it didn't catch me. I don't. Didn't I didn't me. laugh at Crystalia at all. I'm sorry. I, did I, not, I, I have did not um, during that like uh, Crystalia. I think he had like a 30 minute special like, and that was good. And when he was on that one show, uh, T.J. Miller had mashup. He was on that show. He was funny, but then, I, but his, first time he did an hour, it was what happened, bro. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, yeah, so I, I, agree, I agree. No, we don't have a special. I would love to oh, have a special. Um, what's, but, her, what's her name? At the same no, no, time, no, hold on, hold on. What's her name? That's fucking. She's the queen of me. And- Overrated. Oh, oh, super. Lisa Lampanelli. Lisa Lampanelli, completely over fucking rated, dude. Oh, wow. You're going old school with Lisa Lampanelli. I'm, I'm surprised like, you She's easily. I'm surprised 40. at how many shit like that I've seen. He doesn't have as many over. I remembered all the overrated. Like, I hate I hate everybody. <laughs> like, I, rem- I remember I, so I, many. I erased them from memory. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. Um, Let's go underrated. Underrated? Just, underrated. Garfunkel notes. I just mentioned by the way, Kate McCoon, Jeff Ross, Garfunkel. Jeff Ross, I'm not down, I'm down with Jeff Ross, oh yeah, hold on, hold I'm on. down for both of these, and I'm gonna take both of your Greg opinions. Giraldo, completely Stop. overrated, shut up, <laughs> let's go with his first, and then we're yeah, gonna go do to you, rapid fire, over, over, right. anyway. shotgun thoughts, but, uh, shotgun <laughs> 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 <Shocking> minutes, <laughs> Anyways, all right, <laughs> shotgun comedians. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> but anyways, uh, like Gar- shoot a shotgun on him. Garfunkel and Oates, as it would, it's a combination of you know Simon and Garfunkel and Hall and Oates. I've yet it's, to watch it's it. It's a comedy. It's their comedy song duo yeah, made of uh, two chicks. The other two chicks. But anyways, uh, Kate Micucci, and she, what's funny is her name is Mikucci. her last name is Micucci, and she used to have like when before they became a duo, she had this like children's song kind of thing going, and it was called Singing with Micucci. Oh <laughs> my god, that's <laughs> fucking amazing. But anyways, Kate Micucci and Ricky Lindholm, and uh, they got to, they started they write 
they they write comedy songs together as Garfunkel and Oates, and they're they're fucking killers. It's absolute like uh, they have like a song called Handjob that's hilarious because it's about them not knowing how to give handjobs. Like, what the what the fuck am I to do with this thing? They have a song called um, Gay Boyfriend where they know their boyfriend's gay, but he's in the closet, and they're like, I'm just gonna enjoy the ride. <laughs> uh, but I think probably my favorite one is uh, Pregnant Women. It's about preg- like all pregnant women are fucking smug assholes. They think they're so fucking important. They think they're so much but like every that what they're doing as a mother is more important than anything you could possibly do. Oh, dude, and they fucking, fucking rip on it like a motherfucker. So good. They have a million great songs. They even had a short-lived show, unfortunately, on uh, IFC. It came on right after Marin. Uh, oh, called Garfunkel. It Garfunkel was a great fucking show. It was hilarious. I've yet to watch it yet. It's, it's on great. Netflix. So what you're saying and is I should watch it. You should definitely watch it. Watch anything with them in it, including Another Period. I've which had a hard time watching the Another period is funny. I've seen Another Because period. of Bose. Uh, Ricky Lindholm. It, like they, cause they all, they befriended uh, Natasha Leggero, who's also an incredible Josh, fan comedian. She's so comic. Her so special good. Coke Money. Wait, are we all? Great. Are we all? Glossing over the fact that she's gorgeous. Oh, she is. Oh, she's absolutely. She can. She's actually it. married. And she's to, also. Uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Before she's also a great actress and funny, like and beautiful. And she's, she's married funny? to um. She, she wow. Goes, I hope she dies. She goes on tour with her I husband. I hope she the dies. Is yeah. Okay. He was on um. He came on. He has a podcast called the Town Hall Discussion Series. It's actually really good. He came on. Uh, I think they came on. Um. A live show of How Did This Get Made? Her and her husband. It yeah, was yeah, incredible. They did. they did. It was incredible. But anyways, yeah. uh, Natasha Leggero and Ricky Lindholm like started like a little did their own show called Another Period, where it's basically the Kardashians or like any kind of reality show, but takes place in the Victorian era. Oh my god! So they're all like that, but they're just like just it's they do it's the most hilarious. ridiculous it's amazing. With their that's money. amazing. It is. It's that's the, the premise. But also, is amazing. the premise. Okay, Listen, you gotta check you're out. Right. You're right. You gotta it's like. So good. It's what's so funny is like uh. Natasha Leggero dresses up super high class for all of her specials. She like looks like Audrey Hepburn. She a lot of her looks shit. like a little slut. And she does, and like her special Coke Money is so fucking funny. Like she has a whole bit about how like Coke she's, money. She's, like, she's like, and she like talks all like this, some, like all the time. And she's like, uh, I'm from, she's like, I'm, she's like, I'm from Indiana. And when I went back home, Indiana, you talking like that? That's what the joke's about. That's what the joke's about. It's like. I went home and everyone's all like, I'm just dealing with everyone from fucking Indiana, all my parents, all my family members. And I'm just like, really? Are you guys going to talk with those silly accents the entire time I'm home? (laughs) You used to talk like this too, Tasha. Yes, but I've reinvented myself. (laughs) Do you have any idea who I think I am? And she has jokes about how, like, she has family members, uncles who oh are God, that's, Italian, on, that's but they're super funny. white trash Italian, but they try to act like they're in the mafia, and it's annoying as fuck. Like, hey, Tasha, let me tell you something. That's, that's if you funny. never need anything, let me know. Yeah, right. Like, what you're the, not like, you're that just type. a guy. You work at a gas station. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know if you've ever heard of a little thing called gasoline. <laughs> if you need it, tell me. Okay, what's your underrated, Chris? Underrated. Name an underrated. I already said Mitch. No, no, that, no, was, that, was, that was your favorite dad. Underrated. <sighs> underrated. Let me give Tom Segura is underrated. Most people are. Like, a lot of people is, don't know. I'm, I already I brought up I wouldn't Tom, say he's underrated. Joe Rogan is underrated. Unknown. Joe's definitely Joe's an underrated yeah, comedian. Yeah, was, oh, that's the, that's the talk show host guy. Yep. He did Fear Factor, and now he does uh, UFC. That's that people see him as. No, I wanted the to man fuck show around didn't a little bit. as good as he wanted it. Yeah. I was over because literally every single comedian that I picked tonight was white. And I was like, I feel a little racist. Piece of shit. Cause you're the black one of the group. You're the black <laughs> guy here. 
and the, I'm not black. Native. And my girlfriend reminds me that I'm not black every single day. All my comedians are white. God, it's ridiculous. Mine wasn't because Anyways, I, I I appreciate an culture. Underrated, <laughs> goddammit, you asked me my opinion. My underrated comedian is Felipe Esparza. Felipe Esparza. He's a Mexican. What's that? Thank you. He's a Mexican. Not a Spanish. So is Greg Giraldo. He's a Mexican. <laughs> Greg Giraldo was Mexican. No, okay, I apologize. He's dead now. But he's like from Mexico. He's originated from Guatemala. All that great stuff. All that like, he came from the bottom, now he's here. All that great stuff. Felipe. <clears throat> Pablo Francisco. Is. It's good. Overweight. Else. He's overweight, unfortunately. But what I love about Felipe and why I put him on my top list is because, first of all, he's Mexican. And he loves making fun of the fact that he's Mexican. So he'll bring up these certain... Just as Mexican jokes? I don't like that. Well, no. (laughs) But he mixes it up because he's also white. Because he's not straight Mexican. He's also white. That's the thing, though. Like, that's what, like... Because that's what I hate about a lot of Hispanic comics is that they... They tend to aim mostly towards the like, oh, the Hispanic joke and like the joke about being Hispanic. About, and it's like, okay, that's done. It's not like somebody like Greg Giraldo who didn't take the shortcut of only talking about race and talked about shit that normal comics would just talk about, whereas race never really came into it. All right, so one of Here's, my hold on underrated is not white comedian Stephen Byrne. Ooh, that motherfucker, his first. Fucking comedy Central special is incredible. He is. Dude, hold on. No, the fucking on. changing attire bit. Hold on. And the macaroni and cheese bit. Both of these. Spe- hold on. It. Right now, at this time, right now, both of these specials are on Netflix. The Stephen Byrne one that you're talking about, and the Felipe Esparza. Well, it's one probably the new Stephen Byrne. I am talking about both of them are on Netflix right now. The reason why I love Felipe. Esparza. It's because he always goes, Esparza. And he always, like, tries to make it, like, crispy. <laughs> yeah, like, crispy. You just reminded me. Well, makes it movie, personable. You reminded me of fucking personable. Sebastian. What's his fuck? Moliscaco? Sebastian Moliscaco. Are you embarrassed? Sebastian. The Italian guy. Yeah. Sebastian Moliscaco. Is that his name? I think, I, I think he could be a little underrated. Dude, oh, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm I'm with one of my you. favorite deliveries. Hey, you wanna dance with me? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that guy is definitely fucking Sebastian's hilarious. one of my favorites. My friends always ask me, Sebastian. <laughs> Dude, but seriously. Go ahead, go ahead. No, just just go. Just go. Greg Geraldo is probably the most oh, underrated. Geraldo. Probably the okay, most. Okay, okay. I most, must admit. I the must fucking admit. most the king of being underrated. underrated comic of I'm all time. For his level of talent. I'm that guy. I haven't, I haven't seen enough. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you right now, for his level of talent, for his level of writing, for like just his observations. Okay, well, and people uh, you need, know you need to roast. tell me. You know, for the roast, that's it. No, 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 no. You need to tell me. Someone's jokes. No, we're not going to butcher that. You need oh, to Oh, okay, up. come on. Listen, come on. listen. We okay, can what's the style? What's the style? What's the style? What's Greg's style? I'm very social, very social conscious and very philosophical. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's Hispanic. He's Hispanic as well. And every single comic that no, they all, when he died, dude, they made a fucking documentary talking about him. He is respected. Even he never hit it big. They were just like, but he was. He one is of the respected. Greats. Joe Rogan guarantee he respects the fuck out of Greg Geraldo. 
Every comedian. So what did when, he when do? Girard, what did he do? What, 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 he was what known for it? the roast. He was known for doing the roast. Like Jeff Ross is known for the roast. Okay. Jeff Ross got his own show though. He was known like for the, the constant roast, and he was also on another short-lived show that was not appreciated enough, which was Lewis Black's uh, the evil. Oh yeah. Root yeah, of yeah, all yeah. evil. Root of all evil. Yep. Where they would have two Political comics, they would have two comics come on to the show, debate. and they would have they would debate. What? About, they would date about two subjects about which one is eviler, like which one's worse. And I think it was like one was. They like, would defend the title to make the, the other person like, seem. Which like, one's worse, Hitler or Oprah? No, we, they would not defend <laughs> it. Right? They, would, they would try to state which one's. Yeah, evil, yeah they right? would try to the say the winner would be the one who was able to represent the fact that it was more evil. Yeah, if you could argue that your thing was more that's evil. a hard game and, show. And he was that's all, hard. They even would, as a comedian, that's hard. And he was the thing is like Lewis Black said that like even if we knew that okay look, number one is going to be the most evil. We already decided. We'll give number two to Greg Gerardo because he'll still make the most compelling argument ever and he'll make it the funniest and he'll make people not be able to decide. He was actually, wow. dude, he, like, he even killed fucking what's his name from uh, the rape guy? Um, Dennis Leary. He killed Dennis and Leary. And Colin Quinn's rough crowd. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Colin Quinn's rough crowd. He killed Dennis Whoa, Leary. Wait, hold they on. They were fucking going back and forth. references from things right now. Okay, so explain uh, that. That's a, that was another, another short-lived conversation. Uh, Colin Quinn, another brilliant fuck. Probably underrated, too. Oh, he, dude. He, no, his he special. He was going from Amy Poehler. Uh, you know, you know um, Amy uh, Schumer. Not, not, okay, uh, hold Amy on. Schumer's movie. You know Amy Schumer's movie. I know all of these people. Now, have I seen No, listen, Colin Quinn is about? the dad no. in, in uh, tr- fucking... That you, I can't believe I forgot. Train wreck. Train wreck. Yeah, I love like train wreck. Colin Quinn's the dad. He's the one that's like, oh, oh right. Okay. No, polygamy is unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. Polygamy. But listen, listen. His like, I, like his special. I think it's called History of the World or something like that. But he basically does the history of the world and uh, like from the beginning of fucking time until now. And he's talking about all these different cultures and does impressions of them and. Dude, that special is one of the. It's just one of the most brilliant specials. He, ever. That's, that's Colin, Colin Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. Yeah, but but, but now this is that, a show. that's more recent. A long time ago, he had a show called Rough Crowd with okay. Colin Quinn, where he would have like four comedians on, and he would bring up a subject, and they would all just argue about that one subject. Something like Bill Maher sort of thing, except less political. Yeah, and like, talk about okay. whatever they. And want. they'd have on, and then like he would have it on, and like on one side of the table, you have like uh, Greg Giraldo. And um and then on the other, he had like Dennis Leary and like one of his like best buds that he went on you tour have with. Comedians are battling each yes. other. Yeah, and like and head so to head. Dennis Leary is there with like one of his best friends who and he ended up having him star in Rescue Me with like Dennis. Like I'm gonna have you in my show with me. Like this is a close guy. Like he's on his side basically. This is podcast before podcast. Seriously, and Greg that's Ger- what it was. And, and like and like they they were arguing about like uh, about war. And Greg Gerald just schooled the fuck out of Dennis and to the point to where. Dennis' his own buddy's like, yeah, you're on your own, motherfucker. He's right. He's right. Greg's, r- Greg's right. He's killing it. And Dennis Leary's just getting pissed off and mad, like, trying to talk shit. And, like, one of his lines is like, this guy, you do so much fucking homework before the fucking show. Like, he's the guy who stays after school and asks the teacher for homework. That's what the fucking guy you are. He's like, oh, oh, you mean you're talking shit about writing? Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe if you tried a little more comedy writing, you'd still have a show. Oh, <laughs> fucking dropped him, bro. Dennis Leary had nothing to say after that at all. How old would he be if he was alive now? Maybe 40-something? Just like he any... Was, he was 30-something when he died. I think he was like in his 30s when he died. A couple years back, like six years, like... Just like, just like, just like any genius. Which just really proves that we are literally in the golden age. We Like... That just goes on to it's prove... The thing, like like most geniuses, he had a substance abuse problem. We gotta end it with this. Okay, Greg Giraldo will still... T- to this day, be the most underrated comic.
Well, that's our uh, comedy talk, and we're gonna fucking, uh, you know, some. Come with me to my body and open door and walk right in the library. Library. Oh, come with me to my body and I'm gonna walk right in and open right in the library. <laughs> we're gonna library it up at the library. Oh, Christmas Eve, and I need my renewal. Um, so my book this week is actually Life of the Party. Gross. Stories. Great. Great book. The only book that I love. Stories of a perpetual (laughs) man-child. Chris is like squeezing his bottle of scotch so hard right now. (laughs) Uh, Stories of a a perpetual man-child by Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer? He's not that big of a drunk. Like, Bird Crusher is awesome. So, oh yeah, just you know, a couple of boxes of wine a night. You know, we like whatever people drink boxes of wine. Not sometimes. You, you drink boxes. Of wine. I don't. I don't do that. But Bert does. Right on, Bert. Good for you. So, Bert Kreischer <laughs> doesn't know how to say no. If he did, he would have gotten himself mixed up with a group of Russian mobsters on a class trip to Moscow, earning him the nickname. The machine. First of all, I need to tell that story over because that's not the machine story. And if our listeners do don't the, know the, the machine story, then they need to know the machine story. That's why you need to just look up Burt Kreisner and find out the machine story. Uh, look it up. Say Burt Kreisner, the machine. You hear Joe Rogan tell it or he's on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is the best it's, one. No, no. Doug Stanhope's is the best one. Sorry, when he tells the machine story on Doug's stand up, uh, Doug's podcast. Uh, no, it's the same animation though. No, but no, it's not animation. It's audio wise. It's the funniest. It's the funniest one I've ever heard of uh, him telling the story because he's told the story to apparently everybody. Apparently, I don't know that version. He's told the story. He's told. Uh, he's, he has told the story to everybody, and he repeats it all the time because they ask him about it because it's. Yeah, funny. because he's the machine. Yeah, because it's one of the funniest stories ever. But his telling of it on. Doug Stanhope's fucking swap cast with him is the funniest version I've ever heard. Um, so uh, the machine. Um, he wouldn't have wrestled with a bear or swum with sharks on national television. He wouldn't have smoked PCP with the star of Saturday Night Live. Uh, That's allegedly, all press. That's allegedly, all press. he wouldn't never wouldn't have been named the number one party animal in the nation by Rolling Stone. He actually inspired National Lampoon's Van Wilder. If you like that movie, it's based off of Burt Kreischer's life. He inspired that movie. They took his story and they fucking adapted he it to film. He was Van Wilder. He's the reason that Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds is well known. Ryan Reynolds. He's is well the known. reason that Deadpool's Deadpool. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. I said it, Abby, and Abby ain't got shit to say. She's pretty shit. See, Ryan Reynolds might <laughs> might have been known later on, but like, or he might have been in movies prior or afterwards. But National Lampoon's Van Wilder kind of put him on the map. That movie still holds up. It's incredible, but it's based off of Burt Kreischer's life. You better block so, it off because it doesn't have anything to do. So check it out. The book is called Life of the Party: Stories of a Perpetual Manchild, and that's gonna end it for the alcoholic cast. Please rate and review us on iTunes. You could find us all on Facebook and Instagram at Alcoholicast with a hyphen. You could find me on Instagram at The Last Bibliophile as well as Facebook as Stevie Oxbergacy. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Just though. rate and review us. You could find. Please write us a review and rate us on iTunes. That's the most, most important thing. You could find Adney most important uh, in front of me telling you to rate and review us on iTunes. Um, you could find please. Chris pretty blankly staring into the cat's eyes, wondering. 
what do you got up your sleeve? <laughs> Life reference. I want to punch both of these people. No, you don't. You love us so much. I would dude. never try to punch any because he would slip my punch and then I'm in a world of trouble. I'll yeah, try you to punch, punch you, though, Dude, bro. you can't punch me. It's like punching a fucking child, What's up? Bro. Yeah, fuck you. You can't you punch a child, bro. And then you suck. You'll eventually fall over because that's You're how much scotch you You're going to go to jail. It's like you hit a fucking bearded child. I'm definitely going to fall over no matter what. Are you going to be okay to go home? Don't put that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's not getting edited out at all. Remember that How one time? You? Remember that one time you so were like, so you got your keys, right? You're going to be good. Don't hey, make me no, feel like hey, a piece me. of shit. Hey. Like, I'm already a piece of shit. Like, do you really need to go that far? You're not a piece of shit. Do you need to go that far? Yes! Hey, Chris, I can sober you up. Come here, follow, follow me. Come in my room. I'm going to give you a little bit of some cocaine. You have cocaine? I don't have cocaine. <laughs>